0: Welcome to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Monday, February 1st. Happy February. And today's episode, or today's episode is episode 79 of the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, wherever you get your uh, podcasts. Um, And as well as we'll have uh, videos on YouTube. You can check that out. Uh, Should be out tomorrow morning. This is coming out Monday night. So the YouTube video should be out tomorrow morning. Um, for today's episode, we got a loaded show. Um, and I am joined by Andrew Radcliffe and Josh Bilker to start to talk about uh the latest trade in the NFL regarding Matt Stafford and Jared Goff, some early Super Bowl thoughts as well as a look at the Super Bowl MVP. We're gonna talk a little MLB with Big Dog, whose article is up on the right now, titled Let the Kids Play, so you should go check that out. And then we're also gonna dive into some MBA. And then later on in the pod, good friend of the program, Mitchell Rincon, is going to join. And we are going to give out, we're going to do a draft of our top 10 albums of all time. So, a lot of good stuff in store today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, let's get into it. Big Dog, how you doing? Super Bowl week.
1: Baseball. Baseball's hot in the streets. Baseball's right around the corner.
0: Let's go. Uh, shout-out to you, Fernando Tatis, on the cover of the show. Oh, shout-out to the King El Nino.
1: Thank you, my savior.
0: First Padre and youngest player and ever,
1: and the coolest San Diegan of all time. I think he is already up there with Easy. Tony Gwynn.
0: <laughs> oh, and Philip Rivers. <laughs> Philip Rivers, Phillip. thank you. Um, Josh, Josh Bilker, how you doing, my friend?
2: I'm great. I'm great. It's been a it's been a little little hiatus, but we're we're back and getting back. We're in glad to have you things. back. Yeah,
0: you're back for the Super Bowl. That's all yeah. that matters. Of course. Um, gentlemen, blockbuster trade in the uh, nfl um kind of like a few years ago when alex smith got traded to the washington redskins at the time now football team um but i think this has a lot more implications than that trade even though that trade kind of unbirthed patrick mahomes um let's go through the trade matt stafford is traded to the los angeles rams from the detroit lions the rams they get matt stafford the lions are going to get jared goff A Rams first-rounder in 2022 and 2023, as well as a 2021 third-round pick. Big Dog, initial reaction to this trade? Go.
1: So, the first thing I thought of was, like, because, you know, I I wasn't a huge— I didn't think Jared Goff was that great um, this year or the past year. And we know Sean McVay was half the reason why he's successful there. And then he's going to go to Detroit, where Matt Stafford could find zero success— and then he's gonna be paired up with Anthony Lynn. I, I feel I feel bad. Like I didn't I don't dislike Jared Goff that much. I would never wish that upon anyone. I don't even wish yeah, that upon Steven. I'm sorry, Steven.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough since I like Jared Goff. I um I can't tell if I like Jared Goff because how good they have been against the spread or I don't know. I mean, they've been guy. good,
1: but that's how good the Rams can be. Is cause their defense can carry I, I will him say
3: but he, this yeah
0: it's not over for Jared Goff. I do not think his story is done, but we will see. Um Josh, question to you on this. How good is this Rams team going to be with Matt Stafford? Is this, this a question. giant upgrade or is it are we overrating it a little cuz I want to say really quickly before you go. My dad always says and I'm sorry Stephen, he says that Matt Stafford's the best quarterback in the league at throwing garbage time touchdowns which I know he's been in Detroit and things have not been perfect for him by any means but what are your expectations because the internet expectations are very high Josh
2: I uh it's an improvement obviously I think we're 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 unanimous there right that that obviously Stafford is better yeah. than Goff However, I don't think this immediately puts them into, you know, super team contention or anything like that. I don't think it's as near as a massive upgrade as we think, but Stafford is 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 a complete he's a period, I guess. He's not he's not a question mm-hmm. mark anymore like Jared Goff was. And to butt in with Jared
0: Goff, the Rams were the last remaining NFC West team in the play- they beat the Seahawks in the playoffs. Yes, so we can say what we want about Jared Goff, but that's where they finished this year.
2: Still so made a Super you Bowl. say they're the? Were, are they the favorite, Josh? Then, well, so that's that's an interesting question. Is I don't know if they're even the best team in the NFC West, and that's what I was thinking about. I don't even know if they're the second the NFC best West team. Is stacked. It, it's that's the thing. Is all four teams I could see a case for being the favorite out of that division because you have obviously the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, and if they get their defense figured out with Jamal Adams, that could easily be. Uh, a guarantee the Niners coming back after an injury riddled season and then you have the Cardinals getting a year older with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins I-, I mean this the whole fucking division and that's before even a Deshaun Watson trade potentially to the Niners as yeah
0: well. Andrew how much pressure is on the 49ers right now to upgrade from Jimmy G so there's there pressure?
1: definitely pressure um I think it's just more of like, holy crap, we should get this guy. Because how many times is a 25 year old quarterback requesting a trade with his talent?
0: Franchise changing quarterback, yeah.
1: And I, because first of all, do you, how much better do we think the Rams are better than, let's say the Niners are completely, the Niners are the team last year. With Matt Stafford, are the Rams better next year? No. That's how I feel. I don't, I don't think, like you said, Josh, it's an that improvement, but last it's not year like. it was
0: a legendarily good team, I thought. So
1: did I. And, just like because they got Matt Stafford, like I think it's a marginal difference. Like it helps and it's better, but it's like, what has Matt Stafford done in the playoffs? Like we no. don't know.
0: Well, nothing. We
1: don't know. Nothing. He's only done Zero. things when he's down twenty-eight to ten. And he can just chuck it up to Megatron, then he can chuck it up to Burleson and whoever else is there now. Holiday and Holiday, but
2: here's here's the thing though is this is potentially, Stafford could be the key that finally unlocks Sean McVay's offense to the, to the fullest of its ability. This is the guy I think Sean McVay wanted so that way he can do exactly what he wants because I think he compromised a lot for Jared Goff, obviously, to make things simpler and just run things and make him look good. Uh, you said it was like half of Jared Goff's success. I think it's like three-fourths of Jared Goff's success with Sean McVay, and that's that's the big thing. I think that's... Stafford in a good situation with pretty good receivers we will see and and obviously a legend uh, not a legendary defense but this defense is really fucking good it was like number one or two uh going into the last season so I I think that we could I mean this is this is the defining career moment for Stafford I guess if he can get it done here like he's he's a for sure hall of famer for sure here I'm gonna
0: come in here um more and more i think about this i do think that there is around a 50 percent chance that next year the rams are like we just traded two first round picks a third round pick and a 26 year old quarterback for an aging quarterback in matt stafford who has had horrendous injuries there is a chance that jared goff is kind of, it's like, oh, he wasn't that bad. I think there's that. I don't think that that's off the table. That's why I'm saying that. Because when you put it like that, I know you can talk all the shit we want on Jared Goff, his contract, which is all true. What I just said, though, that's true. They traded a 26-year-old quarterback and two first-round picks and a third-rounder for a 30, is he 32 or is 33 33? 33 at least. 33? Yeah. Least. Who's had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. I honestly he thought he was like 36 when they been, traded for him. He's never been to the playoffs, has he? He's been to the,
1: yeah, playoffs. Been to the playoffs. They went one he's time. The they were 11 and 5, okay. I think they played they lost to the Saints, I'm pretty sure, like 6 years ago. That, like uh, I think they lost uh, to the
2: Cowboys too actually, cuz I think I think Sue did like something um debaucherous, I remember. He's like stepped on mm. with some of the Cowboys player. I forgot who it was, but I remember that being like something in my mind. That was the ago. Like, that was. I was the same as you not, guys. I didn't Kingsworth.
1: have an overreaction. Really, like that was like that's good. That's an upgrade. But it's like for a team that already doesn't have draft picks because they traded away draft picks to get Jared Goff, and then they're going to trade more away and Jalen to Ramsey. And and get Jalen, another yeah, Jalen Ramsey. quarterback who's seven years
2: older. It's interesting. <clears throat> So let me – last case, though, I want to make about this is the NFC is still super up in the air, I feel like. Even the Buccaneers, they're not going to be a perennial favorite here because the AFC is pretty much – Well, I next year they're easy. going to be. What, the, the
0: Buccaneers? Bucks will be back next year.
3: Until he's yeah, rolled off a car done. Until he
1: <laughs> retires. He's, I
2: mean – what do we have to say tom brady what i'm saying is like tom brady he's got i mean he's obviously it's tom brady i'm not gonna bet against tom brady but he's gotta start regressing eventually i i there's gonna be a time it doesn't even
1: god's honest like god God and tim tebow god and Tom. it does not matter tom brady threw three could not have played worse he could not have played worse the second half and given the packers more of a chance to come back and win and they still couldn't do it packers because God I, I, loves him.
0: I don't know about two years. I think for the next year next year, and the year after, I think Tom Brady will be around. Going after that, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that was what I'm saying. He's a fucking—but continue, Josh. Sorry. But
2: the Rams have probably the best defense, I think, if you if you were to bet on it, right, going in year and— No, you don't think so. What's the best defense?
0: The San Francisco 49ers with a healthy de- defense.
2: That's a good point. But that, that San
0: Francisco 49ers defense was better than this year's Rams just a year ago. And Nick Bosa was hurt. Nick Bosa was arguably better than Aaron Donald in his rookie year. I know that's crazy, but Nick Bosa was that effective. I think if that 49ers defense is healthy,
2: that is the best defense in the NFL. That's fair. Uh, I still think that I think we Rams- forget too quickly. Jalen Ramsey, though, I still think is the best cornerback in the league. And the Niners secondary has got to be regressing eventually because I don't think Sherman's going to be— I don't know how much good year Sherman has left, for instance, either. But— that you're right. Pass rush wise, I think maybe the Niners. The Niners definitely have more weapons, but Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald.
0: Let's take a second also to recognize how good the Bucks defense has been in the playoffs. I yes. know I'm not saying it's to the level of those of what we're talking about, but damn,
2: great run really for them. Really fucking good, absolutely. But my point was is that the NFC is just still kind of up in the air, and I think that if you can kind of seize whatever you can, I mean the the Rams maybe. If they could have been the Packers, who knows what would have happened then from there. I, I don't know. So, I mean, and maybe Stafford's the answer to that. And also, the receiver class, this free agency, is probably the best I can ever think of in, in recent memory. A Who's lot of, in it? It's uh, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, uh, Kenny Galladay, and um, uh, uh, Corey Davis is like the top four names. But there's a lot of other guys that are still like pretty significant, but I think Alan Robinson and uh, uh, Godwin are legitimate wide receiver ones for that old change of team for sure. And Gollum I'll tell see.
0: you, I can tell you one thing. If Tom Brady comes back, there's no way in hell Chris Godwin's leaving.
2: <laughs> we'll see.
0: Why? Why would I just don't like, I don't know. Um, I had a job or Andrew. So it, it came out that the Rams did approach the green Bay Packers about a Raj and the, Packers said no way. No, we're not talking. Are you a hundred percent sure Aaron Rodgers is going to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers next year?
1: I'm like eighty five percent certain. I feel very confident in it because I mean he's coming off an M V P year the back to back NFC championships. Do the fans like I mean, I don't think the fans hate I mean, why would you want to get rid of that? I mean you know it's most of it's not Aaron Rodgers. I would think it would
0: he would want to leave. If anything that's, that's what true. I was thinking.
1: But they're gonna I think sign he's a staying. receiver. Cause I just, think, I think he's staying. He owns the Milwaukee. I've been saying
2: that his whole career, though. I know, I know. But this is, they're, they're gonna get a guy, another guy, and they're gonna keep him. That's that's my take. I think they're gonna get probably Corey Davis, probably like not like one of the super top guys, but they're gonna get him like a legit, decent wide receiver that he's gonna turn into a Pro Bowler probably. <laughs> But would
0: you say that the Packers' offensive weapons were the problem this year? See, I wouldn't. I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is very good. Devontae Adams is very good. I don't know if adding a wide receiver is necessarily what makes that team better. I don't know. Because I mean, Aaron know Jones it. and Jamal Williams are good, too. So Yeah, I mean, like— They're really just— I don't love Valdez. They're go-
1: okay, honestly, the reason they lost is because Matt LaFour sucks. Matt LaFleur is great in yeah, the 26 and 6. Reason. You made an all-time no-no call at one of the worst times yeah. of all time. You I mean you literally gave the ball, you conceded and waved the white flag and said Tom Brady, good luck getting 10 yards against our defense. That that was the bet with 2 minutes left.
2: You've been roasting all day, too. So, so yeah. King was a fucking
3: trainer. I
1: think right it's here. more of that than anything. But to end, the, I mean to end this, I think the Niners should do it everything because I feel like they've got I feel like they can do flex build and they have enough players to entice a dumb team like the Texans to get to because if they get to Watson I think it's perfect because they're set up for 13 years There's, they have their guy for 13 yeah. years and they this is
0: a Andrew this is a monumental moment though if, they, if Deshaun Watson gets traded because that's like here we are we're the NBA
1: yeah I know and that's it's scary because it, he's gonna get traded I think I do, too. There's too much bad blood, and I think that the Texans hired some coach that I don't think people were very excited about last week. Joking. I don't know his name, but I, I forget. But they're not very excited about it.
3: Okay.
0: um, Guys, let's go a little more football before we go to MLB. Um, way too early Super Bowl thoughts. I mean, just a couple days early. We're going to be back on later in the week to give out our final Super Bowl predictions as well as some... Bets, some like side props, all that shit. But um right now the Chiefs are favored by a field goal, three points. The Bucks money line you can get at plus one forty five over under fifty-six and a half. Um Josh, I'm gonna go to you first. What is your initial lean on this game? You don't need to give out any crazy picks right now because you didn't let the let, marinate for the rest of the week but what's your thought process going into this that's what we're each gonna do we're not gonna give out picks but we're gonna talk about our thought process and we will approach it again thursday or friday
2: all right so i'm gonna stick with my guns i had a uh, chiefs Bucks super bowl at the start of the playoffs so same uh, yeah so uh shouts to you and and me paddle, paddling, two years
0: uh, in a row Yeah, two years in a row bill seahawks I did,
2: Bills see, C- it's still there. <laughs> it's still there. I I wish the Bills were there, uh, <laughs> if that helps, Andrew. Uh, I'm, I'm going to still lean Chiefs here. I had the Chiefs by, I think, six six or three points with my score prediction, but I, I, I'm going to stick with them. I, I just think Patrick Mahomes looks too fucking good. The Chiefs have looked too good. So I'm going to spend this time instead actually arguing against myself because that's what I think I'd do best. Um the Chiefs lost to Eric Fisher, who was one of their best offensive linemen. That completely changes things in a Bucks pass rush that completely dominated Aaron Rodgers last week, if we're being completely honest. So that's the thing that scares me, is that there's the deep ball might not be there from Patrick Mahomes. They're not going to be able to let plays develop as much as they're not going to have a lot of clean pockets, shorten things. Patrick Mahomes is good enough, though. I think it might not matter, but... I, that's, that's the biggest concern to me is, is just how good this Bucks how fast they've looked is, is the biggest thing that I've noticed always with this Bucks defense is that's what scares me, I guess. And, um, that's, that's the, if you, if you believe in the Bucks that's, that's the way for them to win this game is it's their pass rush completely.
0: Yeah. Well, to, before I go to you, Andrew, I had Bucks chiefs before the playoffs, um last year I had 49ers Chiefs and I bet on the 49ers and I was wrong about that. Um I think Tom Brady and the Bucks win. I had that going and I think I said 27-24 in our initial pod. I think Tom Brady gets his, his seventh Super Bowl. So how That's I That's what f- I'm leaning right now. I'll go into it more but later but Andrew so so I'm just, my heart, I think Tom going to get it.
1: My heart and my personal say, I want Tom Brady to win. and I want to see seven. I want to see the greatest of all time that we've talked about. But I just, I think the Chiefs win. I don't think the Chiefs lose this game at all. I know it's Tom Brady. I just think the Chiefs are too good. I think the analogy that I got a little corrected last week, it's the Jordan beating the Magic Lakers in 1990. And I think it's kind of passing yep. the torch to, here you go. And... The last time they played, Patrick Mahomes is salivating over this game because the last time they met was in the AFC Championship. You remember how close he was? and then The t- offside. Was, yeah, the offside. The Tom Brady thing, which might happen again. Gets those freaking calls. But my heart says I wanted to see Tom Brady win because Patrick Mahomes will have another 15 years to do this for. But I, just, I
0: think just torture the, me. I'm so over the Chiefs. I'm so them. over but you know they're going to win. I don't. I think you could say that against any other team, Andrew. It's this Tom Brady. But I think that it's Tom Brady, and, dude, this defense.
1: I know, but it's Pat Mahomes. It just doesn't matter. Do you, I mean, the same thing with the Bills, and they just— I mean, they were down 9 nothing, 10 nothing, and then they just hit on a switch, and for three quarters, Yeah. it was just—it was 38-0. to nothing. I love
0: the Stallion. He's not Tom Brady. He isn't Tom this Brady. This is going to be— a, Okay, well, and let me say this to you guys. I think it's gonna be a close ass game. What do you think?
1: Very. So there is a something with like Tom Brady. Usually, it's zero to zero or three to nothing after the first they quarter. Played
2: earlier this year, and it was a close ass game.
1: And it's it's well, going to
0: be close.
2: I don't I don't know. See, that's the thing is I was thinking about that too. And we were how much stock we take into that game? I think it was week eleven or twelve. But the Chiefs kind of laid off the gas pedal. They they were Are we gonna up- not act like the Bucks have gotten better. They have that, this see, that was the but game. But there's that was still boom, point boom, game. boom,
1: boom, 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 I mean, boom. I, I mean, he threw three picks. He well, left... I mean,
2: they've been
0: like boom, boom, but boom. But that, that second
1: half, if you throw <laughs> three picks, two or three picks, if I don't think the Packers are that much better defensively than the Chiefs. How much? I mean, what's the difference between that? Pat Mahomes will make you pay if you have two or three turnovers. It's going to be, those. that's 21 points automatically. And it's just, it's different than. But Holmes is, I mean, we the know that he's, in the
0: Super Bowl, though. It is, what was that? I don't think we're going to see Tom Brady turn the ball over like that in the Super Bowl. I could be wrong, Andrew, really quick. Didn't those turnovers in the second half, like I think one was like that was all on Brady, but the other two were like, there might've been like, the there was Brady's probably a miscommunication. It's or just like, like, like Mike Evans fucking up miscommunications. Yeah. I feel like that could right? happen too, because, um, I mean, I, I know it's, I mean, it's Tom Brady. It's not like three picks in a game he won is going to change anything. But, I mean, yeah, I think the Chiefs should be favored. I just... Because, like, I, how Andrew, I kind of like, look at how it... Tom Brady has God on his side. Like, dude, he's he, does, he, does, he does. took the Bucks to the Super Bowl year one. I, I and know, it's just I don't. Like,
1: and he's 43. He's 40. He was supposed to be done five years ago. And he's had an incredible... And an
0: MVP. Like, since Max Kellerman said he's, like, Going off a cliff or washed or three, whatever. Right? He's literally had a Hall of Fame career. So, um, really quick, before we go to MLB, Big Dog, I just want to go over the Super Bowl MVP odds. Um, Mahomes is the favorite at minus one twenty. Brady at plus two hundred. Kelsey and Hill at plus a thousand. Fournette at plus twenty five hundred. And Godwin at plus three thousand. Um, If the Bucks win, Brady's getting it. Yeah. So that's that plus. I'd say value wise, Kelsey's the guy to go. Kelsey is, yeah, that's what I was going to say.
1: Plus a thousand.
0: Because I think it really if Tyree Kill the Super Bowl MVP. Didn't he like hit a woman or something? I think he, yeah, he's had some allegation or something against him. I don't know. I just think that like the one thing that his, like Mahomes' greatness has kind of overshadowed in a way Travis Kelsey is probably having the greatest season of a tight end ever. Yeah. And I just like, think he'll be I think close. he'll get like, eight more
1: catches regardless. Like Tyreek Hill might have his big eighty-yard touchdown, but I think Kelsey's yeah, going to get a touchdown, like, and Kelsey will get at least hundred yards, and he'll receptions. get twelve catches too.
0: Yeah. So I see it. So Josh, um, do you agree that if the Bucks win, it's Brady will get the MVP?
2: Not necessarily. I I think, like, story narrative-wise, yes, absolutely. But if I'm right in the fact that the defense wins this game, I'm looking at some guy like... Uh, maybe Jason Pierre-Paul. Levante
0: or, David. Uh, white.
1: Levante
2: David. Levante
0: David. Uh, Lev- I, if any Cornersker. guy deserves to get he a does. Super Bowl he's MVP get a after sack, a long fumble badass or something. career. That's, Levante David's been a badass for like 10 years. He's got to he get the stats that.
2: is the problem, though. And I, I don't know if that gets him there because he's going to be all over this game completely. But it's going to be things that you're not going to be able to see on the box score. And I, So I'm looking at more guys on the pass rush side where it's like uh, – uh, who's the guy that led the league in sacks last year? Um, Shaq Barrett. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I'm looking at Shaq Barrett and like Jason Pierre Paul. If you want good value, because I guarantee those are like probably plus, probably 10,000 almost or something. Yeah. Something that's, crazy. That's good po- I yeah. mean,
1: because yeah. if it starts off like that Seahawk Bronco game, they get a couple of safety and a sack.
2: Exactly. Boom. Especially to do yeah. that against Mahomes. I Yeah. I, I think that would be something.
0: Okay. Um. Big dog. Let's talk a little MLB baseball. As I mentioned earlier on the pod, you can go to thepineapplecouch.com. Our latest article is Big Dog. Big Dog is going to be doing a lot of MLB content for us this season. We're going to have blogs up on the Pineapple Couch. And, folks, don't worry. I'm going to start writing again and get some NBA stuff up there. Maybe Josh will, too. Josh will probably talk about NBA as a whole, but I'll just be a degenerate and talk about gambling, probably. (laughs) I'm going to talk a lot about the March Madness coming up. But Big Dog. We're going to be doing um, weekly, hopefully, segments of the Pineapple Couch, where it's going to be you talking about baseball, and sometimes you'll maybe have on a guest. Sometimes it'll be you solo. Right. Sometimes I'll hop on with you. We'll see. Um, but we're looking forward to covering this baseball season. This is going to be a big part of the coverage, obviously, when football ends. Um, take it away. Let's talk about your article. So,
1: kids play A little baseball update. Right now, we're trying to figure out what kind of season baseball wants to have. Last year, they had a bunch of new rules. They had the 60-game season. They had an expanded playoffs, universal DH, seven-inning doubleheaders, stuff like that that they were allowed to do and they had the flexibility to do because last year during COVID and everything. So this year is the final year before the CBA agreement, which is where the players are going to go and meet and basically discuss how baseball should be run from ownership to the players' union. And the owners and Rob Manfred basically offered a reasonable, I think, like, because they added rules that people liked in there. They're like, oh, you can have this universal DH, 154 games instead of 162, and you'll get the full pay and everything. Like, games I know, off. it's eight nice. games, but the big <laughs> twist about that, it wouldn't start until April 28th. And so, players. Do you like that? I don't like that. I don't yeah. like starting at April 28th, and the players don't like that simply for the reason isn't that. the
0: World Series is going to be in like November if that happens? So,
1: that, but basically, the players are just afraid because they sit, like in the contract and things, like, hey, if you play 154 games, you'll get your money's worth. But if they already push that month back, and then if there's, you know, nobody can predict COVID and what's going to happen in the summer. If there's a new variant, if people are, you know, they don't want to take the vaccine stuff like that. Um the they, they don't want the 154 game season because they're afraid Rob Manfred is
3: he's can gonna cancel, cancel some games, games and stock
1: their pay. And then they can dictate their pay from there. And so that like is a big red flag for the players. He's definitely a to try And, and do he's that. definitely gonna do that. <laughs> and especially the, the main thing he's trying to do in his ad, he's trying to sneak in the expanded playoff. That's like the biggest thing there, and everyone's like, Oh, that's kinda cool. But it's all about just making revenue. And it's gonna become like basketball where I think it's not that good of a model because it's like what's like what's the incentive of playing up for six months in 162 games if more than half a team or fourteen teams make it? It's like what does that mean for the Dodgers? That means nothing. And as we learned last year, a weird team like the Marlins can beat a pretty good team like the Cubs that they got in the playoffs and they beat them and they made it to the NLDS. And it was just kinda like stupid because the Cubs had nine, ten more wins, which really would translate to twenty in a full season. Um mm-hmm. The next rule we have here. So, like the universal
0: DH is throw it in there. Mainly, we like the universal DH. I love the universal I'm, DH. I kind of like I'm on the fence. I don't I so like it, I but think I also don't I it. Most people and players don't like batting. it. I don't hate pitchers batting like some people do. I don't know. I, I think kind of interesting. most
1: players and I think the pitchers and I think everyone on the, for the most part likes that because you can reconstruct your team in a way where it's like, wow, if I can get a David Ortiz, that changes my team compared to just having my pitcher hit. So
0: is that like a J.D. Martinez? And
1: J.D. Martinez. It's why the American League always has an extra amazing hitter. And it's just kind of ridiculously unfair. Like Prince unfair. Fielder? Like Prince Fielder. I mean, it creates more drought. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world that they don't do that. So... I mean, basically, the the owners are just trying to get money through the expanded playoffs, and they throw the universal DH in there at the players, and it just kind of pisses them off, and it's like a slap in the face in a way. Um, and the reason they don't like the expanded playoffs is because it kind of it's like an out for owners. It's like for, so the owners basically there's no reason get to try out that for hard.
0: not paying money exactly. Because
1: they don't have to try that hard because there's teams like the the Padres are all in now. But if you go to the Royals, Brewers, Central Teams, Pirates, and if they just make the playoffs and hang around. The Mets
0: last year would be an example.
1: And if they can just hang around the middle of the pack and get their revenue for the playoffs, they're just going to do that. And they'll just stop trying. They won't make a big splash. And the most recent example of that are teams like the A's and Rays, who are absolutely amazing, but they never spend money. The Rays were two games away from winning the World Series. What's the first thing they do? They get rid of Blake Snell. They get... Why, I don't know, and that just pisses off the players because it's like, why are we not even trying to win? They just don't try to re-sign Marcus Simeon. I don't even think they're going to try to re-sign Ma- Matt Chapman. When's the last guy they've signed?
0: Nobody. Send him across the bay. <laughs> just send him across the bay. I'm ready for him. <laughs> but, um, basically. Uh, the, we're happy baseball's we're back, We're happy though. baseball's I mean, back. We get a fuck ton more games this year. Exactly. And the
1: owners are just trying to do a little sly way, sly bargaining to make it seem like they care more. But really, there's like a subliminal message that the players aren't biting. And Jeff Passan actually just tweeted like three minutes ago that baseball season will start April 1st, as of right now. But that can always change.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, we'll be back on that next week. And Big Dog, I was thinking too, what we can do is... um. Get some of these segments on Twitter or uh, Instagram with maybe some video to accompany you. I don't know. We'll see. Um, We are going to take a quick a quick break, and we'll be back to break down some NBA basketball. I know Josh is hyped for that. We'll be right back. All right, we are back here on the pineapple couch, episode seventy nine. We're gonna talk some NBA. Still joined by Big Dog and Josh Bilker. Josh, you're gonna run a little point guard for us on the NBA segment today. Andrew and I have some notes and some thoughts, but we're gonna let you uh, be our captain. So take it away, my friend.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll keep you guys involved as much as possible. So first off, um, we're at the quarter season mark. So cheers to that. Wow, just weird. We're not we're not gonna do the whole. I don't I don't want to do the whole quarter season award. Because yeah, I just no, think it's that. dumb, especially this year, especially. This has been such a weird year where the Grizzlies stop playing for like two weeks, for instance, and like just players are out left and Wizards right have been of COVID. Weird. Wizards have been weird, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to talk about all that more. But first up, I want to talk about the Utah Jazz, which is, I think, the first that they've ever been like the the. Uh, really runner. quickly. Yeah.
0: Shout, shout out to Steven Facer, big Utah Jazz fan. Oh, so ahead, there yeah. you
2: go. Yeah, so I this is – this might – I, this won't hurt I don't think, but they just came off of 11 game win streak just broken I believe yesterday by Nikola Jokic's Denver Nuggets. Uh he had 47. Who started bad
0: and came back. Denver? Denver lost like they started like 2 and 4 oh, or something. Oh, I thought
2: you'd been in that game. I was like Jokic oh, had no, 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 Yeah, bad, Jokic had 33 points in the first half. It was it was fucking incredible. Completely demolished Rudy Gobert. Um But I want to talk about this. This is my first question that I have written down, and I've circled it, underlined it. Do we believe in the Utah Jazz? So, around the room. No. There you go. Uh,
1: Like uh, I believe, I still think they're like a five or six seed. Like what?
0: They're gonna make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Beat a shitty team in the first round or lose to a good team in the
2: first round. Well, so they're a good regular season team, and this is what I thought they would be last year with Mike Conley, and I think Mike Conley just took a while to get used to it because Mike Conley's having a fantastic year. He's been one of the best defensive players at the guard position this year.
0: Like if the Atlanta Hawks with Mike Budenholzer were in the Western Conference. <laughs> that's fair. Well, that's, that's called fair.
1: the Milwaukee Bucky. Bucks in the Eastern Conference because <laughs> but, but they they're have the Giannis. same shit. Giannis makes it a little different. Not really. Not, it's not
0: uh, – the, the, the Bucks' best player was like freaking Al Horford. True. Al Horford and Giannis—that's the discrepancy. They Sorry, suck. Josh. Keep going. No, 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 no It's fine. It's uh, okay, Big Doug.
2: Hold this. it together. That's a good comp, though. I, I, the Utah Jazz and the Mike Budenholzers. Um, I just think it's gonna be hard. This is like their year, I think, but it's just gonna be completely fucked by the two teams from LA that they're just not gonna go. And maybe it's for the best that they go under the radar because they're that kind of team. Utah's that kind of franchise and market that it just doesn't matter. Donovan Mitchell's been playing pretty well. Rudy Gobert has actually – to just to defend Rudy Gobert, he's been, again, top of the league defensively on almost every metric. Uh, leading the best team, anchoring that team. And they're a completely different team with Rudy. They'll Goliath, do really
0: so. well in the playoffs when he gets Steph Curry switched <laughs> or Damian Lillard to, switched on him in a pick and roll. Can't and, wait for that.
2: And, and that's the thing is you have both those teams as a potential lower seed matched up in the first round. So that's not going to be good. <laughs> so that's the thing is because they're going to be a rem- that would That's team. the most jazz thing ever. Mm-hmm. If
0: they're like, like a freaking high seed and they somehow get the Warriors –
2: It'd be fucking... I mean, I, I have no love for Utah, really. Uh, sorry, Steven. Uh, but it's... Mike Conley, though, and Jordan Clarkson's probably put himself in the six-man-of-the-year race. He's been unreal. He's literally been Jamal Crawford or um, Lou Williams for, for this Utah team. Just basically, he's able to do whatever the fuck he wants. They've benefited greatly from uh, three-point shooting, though. I think is the big thing. Is they're they're leading the league in uh, three-point percentage, just beyond the Clippers, I believe. But they're they're shooting it at a super high clip than any other team in the league. But that's that's my Utah Jazz rant. I I am with <laughs> you guys. I think Utah is going to be a great story in the regular season, but we'll see. I, I just I don't see them coming down and being in the thick of it.
1: Are they a potential player for Bradley Beal?
2: i i no. don't see it I, they they've got two max deals with donovan mitchell and rudy gobert that's just too much money on the book and i i don't think they can afford him first of all and then i, I they don't have enough pieces either plus i mean you'd want to i think whoever trades for Bradley Beal hopes to resign him especially i mean he's still got about two or three years left on his deal but you want it you want to see him as a, like a complete home for him
1: are the jazz or bucks better I feel like the Jazz the would Bucks, win. The Bucks by far. Yeah, but I feel like the Jazz would still win. If they did Wait, a seven no. game, if the Jazz no. and Bucks were in the playoffs, I don't care they play in the regular season. I don't the you guys jazz I've no, watched like the, the Bucks, the they Bucks don't do anything. The... They don't do anything. Giannis can't score when it matters. I love him, but he still can't score when it matters.
0: Andrew, the ja the Bucks, that what annoys you about them, times that by three trillion, and that's the Jazz in the playoffs.
2: The rudy, like the, yeah, it's pretty tough i don't I, mean. I don't believe in the jazz i'm
0: buried negative on the jazz like in in terms of the playoffs and like i do not think your team can be considered like a legit contender if you're paying rudy gobert over 200 million dollars what if you're paying that chris middleton over 200 million dollars cancels you out in some way as well but, but they you have Giannis, Giannis is, and Giannis is better than Donovan Mitchell. He's transcendent, like by far. He's a transcendent. That's why, Andrew, you have a transcendent it's, superstar.
2: He's he's the top five, top three player in the NBA, like every year now. Gian, Giannis is for for as long as he's good for. It, he's is he not though good? Is he a
0: he
1: top is. three? He is, he is. I mean, like isn't LeBron, Kawhi, and like wouldn't you say someone else is better than him?
0: Well, no, I would I, say Durant is one.
1: I would so I yeah I would name those three. I would I still think those three are. Miles, I love I Kawhi, but I think I, I
2: think would personally Giannis, rather
0: have Steph Curry too. But I know. think Giannis He's,
2: and Kawhi is is, a, is still is still a discussion. I I, li- I like Kawhi a little bit better, but it's definitely a
1: Kawhi's better. Kawhi has to be better.
2: Kawhi's I, I won,
1: you, but Kawhi wins. He's won point. twice. Well, I came very bitter, can't you Kawhi tell?
0: It took LeBron in a while. It took MJ a bit. I don't know. Giannis is young. He's still – yeah, think. he's 26, right? Let's just go to the Bucks right now. We're talking about yeah. it. I think the Bucks built themselves like a ceiling and dug themselves in a hole they by trading two? for Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. He's dynamic defensively and underrated on the offensive end. But they traded for Drew Holiday and paid like he was James Harden or mm-hmm. Bradley Beal or Clay Thompson. Like, like a – all nba it annoys me because they could have got and that. he's not they could have got james he's not that value he is not the value that they traded for him and so now when beal's available and harden was available, the bucks have no
2: no more cars I, I don't know if harden would have wanted to play with Giannis. they have some beef. i'm i'm not even i don't even think it's about necessarily
0: harden i think it's about beal a little bit yeah, but then also beal. just the flexibility of the future
2: because it's like they 100. made,
1: yeah. They Agreed. put all their chips in right now.
2: The problem is, is they they buy, and you don't do
0: that for Drew Holiday. Yeah, they bought you Drew don't. Holiday I love Drew. when he I was love at
2: an guy. all-time high value, and they're paying like you're you're right. He's like he's an all NBA All Star perennial. He's a one-time. All-star. It's
0: like the Warriors not saving money to get KD and like and then let's say they didn't have Iguodala and they like to get Iguodala, they traded everything they could possibly have. <laughs> That's what it is.
1: So they're the third best team in the East, is what you're telling me. The Nets, the Celtics. Uh, fourth. And then who? The Raptors? 76, uh, Sixers. 76ers. 76 Sixers. Uh, Bucks.
3: The Bucks will get it together. And then I would Isn't, also that's the Heat in the play.
0: Though. The Heat, we'll get to the Heat, but the Heat in the playoffs, like I don't know. Yeah, exactly. That's not on Giannis. That's, that's on. Kind of is though. It's on your coach. But if you're a transcendent player Milton, like Giannis,
1: yes, you would you should be able to win eventually. It's the same thing. It's the like
0: Bucks are, dude, Andrew. The Bucks are paying, okay, like the Giannis, but, Holiday, Middleton, Big Three. I realize as that. As if it's like, like Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron, Curry, like so. That's why they're just fucked. Is because. They have one guy who's transcendent, but the other two guys are not. I don't, I don't know. I think like one of them could maybe be the third. I agree. Yeah, Holiday could definitely be the third. I don't know. Do you think Josh? Do you think the Bucks could trade Middleton somehow and get Bradley Beal?
2: No, uh, especially with their assets. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Well, let's look up their. Uh, th- sorry, sorry <laughs> Andrew. Um, <laughs> let's look up how many draft picks they have because they have their first round this year, and then they have theirs in two years from now. And then okay, so they, they have, get the thirtieth pick. This year. That's it. But that's it. That's no it second rounders. The, they they do have they have like five second rounders, but that mm. there's no way that that's gonna outbid anybody for Brad Beal. There's, there's oh yeah, just, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so that that's the thing. Is two first rounders is not gonna two first rounders and Chris Middleton is not gonna get it done. Plus, if I'm Washington, I don't even want Chris Middleton because he doesn't fit my timeline. what the fuck does he do for him he just makes them marginally better that just ruins their chances of getting another a higher first round pick they want to get a guy young that they can develop or just a shit ton of first round picks.
0: andrew would you trade chris middleton for chris porzingis i think i would like i think chris that'd
2: be interesting
1: no no because they wouldn't have a shooter then chris middleton's their only good shooter I wouldn't do it. Maybe he can shoot.
3: No, nah, I think Chris Middleton's
1: better shooter. I they just that's the problem. They still yeah, they don't shooter. they still don't have people that can just create shots like that. It pisses me off. Chris Middleton's like they're be- I mean obviously Giannis, but Giannis can't. You don't trust him shooting. Giannis is literally just the guy who just he gets hustle points. Like he's that's it. Like he's amazing and he can do all these things, but he's just like hustling.
0: It's not. Like, he's Drew Brees throwing those short completions. He's short in the completions regular and- season. He's Mike Thomas. No, he's Mike Thomas.
2: Yeah, he I is. still think.
1: Because but my point young. is if he's a transcendent talent like if Kobe like all these people Kobe LeBron if he's that fucking good he'd win and maybe it's like you it takes till you're 29 to do it but
2: I hate waiting that long. The wrong here's why I don't think that's right though is he's not Kobe or LeBron or Steph Curry or any of these guys he's he's a center he's Shaq he's he's those guys and he's got to be stopped It's like a Kevin Garnett that exactly that's kind of who he is and they should start using him like that more off ball and because he's not a
0: Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan, there's like Tim, like I like I think it's important what you just said, Josh, because he's not like a guard or like LeBron. I'm saying is a guard just for the purpose of how he can control yeah, the ball no, and stuff. Yeah, the, the the there's something so rare about a transcendent big man like Tim Duncan. I don't we're I don't know if we're ever gonna see a Tim Duncan again. Oh no, no, probably not. Like. It is like the more and more as this goes on, we see guys like Giannis on his own. We see Anthony Davis fail. We saw Kevin Garnett through his career before he got to the Celtics fail in the playoffs. Tim Duncan needs a little more respect on his name. Holy shit! I know this is a side tangent, but if you think about what he did, he kind of it's kind of like fucking crazy.
1: Uh, he and like he's kind of like Tom Brady in a way where it's like Popovich. They haven't been relevant since. Like the big, right? It's the same kind of thing. The Spurs have not been relevant since. that was the
0: thing that with both those situations, Andrew, it was so weird to me. It was like, oh, yeah, the the Patriots are going to be the same. It's like, wait, you're taking away the greatest quarterback of all time and they're going to be the same? (laughs) And it's like, oh, no, Popovich is going to be the same in San Antonio. It's like, so you're going to take away the best power forward ever and maybe the best team player like in the history of sports off the team? It's going to be the same? No, it's not. That's where people put way too much value into coaching.
2: Well, Yes and no. The Kawhi Leonard uh, part of that that whole story kind of gets fucked. Oh, it fucks over the whole Spurs and Popovich legacy. They did not plan on Kawhi Leonard want- breaking his fucking leg. Uh, w- I think it was, and then also requesting a trade immediately after that and wanting out of there. That, I mean, that wasn't part of their fucking plans at all. And that no, that- I think what happened
0: it. was is the way the Spurs have people like they treat their players and the way it's all like. I'm not saying they treat their players poorly, but the way it's so regimented and so. Tim Duncan will put up with that. The only other superstar in NBA history who can kind of compare to Tim Duncan of who would put up with it is, like, Steph. Because he's just, like, he's not going to, like, bitch and complain. So what Popovich did wrong, I think, in that situation is he assumed yeah, Kawhi was going to be like Tim Duncan. And it's like, dude, Tim Duncan comes around, like, once in every 100 years. Like, I don't know. That's absolutely. my that's my piece on that. No, no. I,
2: I, I totally agree with you. I, I just think that they, they were good in the weighing years of Tim Duncan after he was really relevant as far as like a, a, a transcendent or an all-star type player. He's
0: I, I felt he was still so important, though. Absolutely. Even when he was on one leg and they beat the Heat, it was like this. It, it, it was the dude was playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers.
2: For sure. For, absolutely
0: um um can we talk about josh the mavs off in their slow start because we mentioned porzingis
2: yeah we'll we'll get into let's do that right now i guess um i'll just do panic or no panic are 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 we are we panicking on the mavericks mm-hmm. already so so the mavs are 8 and 12 true um however with a lot of covet absences they've probably been hit probably the hardest with uh role players with injuries with mm-hmm. christoph porzingis and then josh richardson's out and uh i think dory finney smith as well potentially a lot of their glue guys were just
0: let me tell you why i am going to hit the panic button josh um luca nothing to do with luca luca is a transcendent player who if i literally if i could choose anyone in the league to start a franchise with i would choose luca he's that good in he might not be in perfect shape to start the season but he's been fine he's obviously not the problem what are you gonna say
2: I was going to say his turnover numbers are are very high, and that's probably but because he's doing too much. Uh, he's
0: sure. doing too much because if you think about what the Mavs have done, what did they do this offseason? Well, they traded Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. Who Seth Curry's played. better than Josh Richardson. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's, that's true. And, like, especially with what that Mavericks offense was last year, the amount of threes they hit. Kristaps Porzingis was hurt and is – I mean, this is a question you're gonna have every year for the rest of his career is whether he's gonna be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't surrounded Luca with diddly squat. They have shit around him. Josh, the fact that you just had to say, like, oh, Dorian Finney Smith has missed time. Yeah. That's not on but like the fact that we have to say that is bad. You're right. It's really bad. <laughs> and they don't have anything around Luca. And the fact like I think what they thought was a little bit was like, oh, my God, look at it. We had like a historically great offensive last year, so we can probably afford to lose Seth Gray. It's like, no, you have you have a historically great offense because you have a historic offensive player in Luka Doncic, and you've surrounded him with shit. And you know what it reminds me of? How you surrounded Dirk with shit his entire career, and then Dirk bailed you out with an all-time run. That's Absolutely. the thing that needs, like, I love Mark Cuban, but that's something that should be said about the
2: Mavericks. good point. They
0: fucking got rid of Steve Nash.
2: Yeah, that was, that was the, that's the name I, I think that's even worse is the fact that they got Steve Nash right before he was, I mean, he, what, he won like three MVPs in the next two, th- uh, four years. Uh,
0: after yeah, got I mean, rid of him. it's, it's also like, I know that the, um, you it's, I'm not comparing Steve Nash and Seth Curry, but. As someone, like, if you watch, like, why the fuck would you trade Seth Curry for Josh Richardson?
2: No, I see, I think like, that's still that's a defensible move. <laughs> I, I'm still going to stand behind this. Josh
0: Richardson principle. was a bust last year in Philly, I thought. I had way higher expectations, and he shit the bed.
2: He was the only point guard that could actually, well, guard on that team that could shoot, and I think they gave him way too much of a role on that Philadelphia team was the problem. They gave the ball to him in way too many situations, and you need some, a guy that, around him that can create a shot for him, not him doing all the shot creation.
0: Yeah, well, so if you need someone else to create the shot for you, wouldn't you rather have Seth Curry being the one shooting
2: it? Yes, but also the defensive factor is the okay, biggest problem. Okay. Is Josh Richardson is is a very good defender. Seth Curry is not. And and that was the Mavericks' big, biggest problem was their, their defense was just bad. So they thought they could gamble a little bit. I And I agree with you. I think in, in, in hindsight now, I think the Seth Curry trade was probably bad. It was probably the, the wrong move. But also, Josh Richardson hasn't played either that much. He's probably – I th- I should look up the stats, but I guarantee he's played less than half their game so far. So I don't think it's completely fair to make a judgment yet. Seth Curry's also missed some time, though, because he was actually positive yeah. with COVID. and he's Talking looked, on my fantasy team. And he's looked Damn. better, to be fair, than, in, than uh-huh. Josh Richardson. But the defensive factor, they they thought yeah. they could gamble a little bit with how good their offense was. They are like, oh, okay, we can afford to sacrifice a little bit of offense in exchange for better perimeter defense, especially because Luka's not a good defender either. Yeah, but it does not um, seemed to have paid off. paid off.
0: Okay, I want to jump in because I think I see something here. I think what we're looking at is we're going to look at the Luka Doncic Mavericks era in two phases. This first phase that is not going to win them a championship. And we'll see how long it lasts because sec- phase two starts when you get rid of Porzingis. Porzingis not working for the long haul it was an exciting idea when it happened but i think if you're the mavs you're definitely not resigning him one paying him all that money absolutely if i'm the mavs i'm trying to dribble any dri- like get any little value out of porzingis and ship him however to maybe a team who's desperate it's a shame he got traded from the knicks because that's who i would target but <laughs> i think that the mavericks really need to take a step back it's only been 20 games they're 8 and 12 they could still totally make the playoffs. yes but i think long term that this this it's not like if kp starts playing a little better the mavs are gonna all of a sudden go win the finals this year it's not happening they need to make some sort of changes and um i mean i think luka bails them out in a lot of ways he's 22 though to
2: the
3: mavericks what are the odds that that's, that's
2: still. I still think that the Mavericks are the hungriest team, one of the hungriest teams on the market, and I think they would easily outbid anybody just to make that happen. That, they want to capitalize on Luca. Smart move. Is that a smart move? Yeah, I, I think so. Beal is. Yeah. For okay. for Brad Beal, if you can if you So can you would do Brad virtually
1: Beal. every a lot of things and get if you can like package
0: Porzingis for If I could package Porzingis and like two first round picks and maybe a second. And get Beal and you got and Beal get, and like, maybe Luka throw like and you're Josh Richardson good. or something. Okay. Yeah, in terms of offensive firepower, that would be nice, but I do think the Mavericks do have a question to answer at the big position. But I think that you're gonna be able to find bigs who aren't as expensive as Maybe you think they would be.
2: Will, Willie Colley Stein's been pretty good, actually, for them too. Yeah, but I a, I know a, it's a, Willie Cauley Stein. Well, like, who was the
0: player guy? earlier who you mentioned? Where it was like that's a bad sign that Dory, we mentioned them. Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, he's see, a good Josh,
3: he's a good defender.
0: But credit to you for no for because I mean I know these guys, but obviously yeah. I I honestly did not know how if Willie Cauley Stein's having a great year this year. But the fact that we had to mention
2: their names, Josh. You're right. You're right, but but they're 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 just when you're playing alongside, you know, Luca and Kristaps on a good night or whatever. Mm -hmm. All you really need to do is just get your head down and grind. Really, I mean, you're Mm -hmm. you're just gonna catch the finish when you can, and then play hard defense. That's all you have to do. And the Mavericks have a good shot. And again, Luca's 21, 22, and on his third season. So I mean, it's still. I don't want to. We're. I mean, he deserves this kind of superstar treatment. This critical opinion that we've been giving the Mavericks because they do have already a top 10 guy top five guy potentially in Luka Doncic but I I, you know I I think let's you know let's let's hold the brakes the Mavericks are still ahead of schedule all things considered I think
0: okay so who
2: you got next in panic or don't panic I got the well, – this was the, the team that I wanted. I just wanted to do a brief little talk about the Timberwolves because what the fuck. This is a panic. for sure panic because here here's the thing. Hey, I hope they lose every game, baby. Well, that's the, that's the thing, though, is it's in their benefit to lose every game now, so that way they can keep their first-round pick is the thing. Oh, uh, shit. That's, that's the problem because it's a top-three protected pick that they send to Golden State. Is it top-three? I thought it was top-one. No, it's top-three. Ah. Uh, yeah, so – it, but that's still not a good sign. Okay, if, well, really quick, really yeah.
0: quick, Josh, are are any of us surprised pairing Carl Anthony Towns with D'Angelo no. Russell? <laughs> no. Fucking didn't work, and Anthony Edwards, who is the obvious like kind of like offensive like eh, bust of the draft, like the pairing of. Okay, you want to know how fucked up the player empowerment era of the NBA is? Somehow, Carl Anthony <laughs> Towns convinced a franchise to trade for D'Angelo Russell, and that's like our future. It's like what what world are we living on that it's like oh yeah i'm carl what world is carl T- anthony towns living on? like yeah me and d we do some damage <laughs> dude what the fuck like you're a scrub like actually like carl let's talk about carl anthony towns really quick sure carl anthony towns man you are so good at looking appealing while sucking he's like carl anthony towns is like a really nice like whether it be a steak or really nice barbecue, right? Like, really nice barbecue. You look at it, and you're like, oh, damn, that looks really good. And then it's just, like, incredibly chewy or dry, and it's just awful. Because, like, you think about Carl Anthony Towns, it's like, oh, shit, he's seven foot. He can dribble the ball. He can shoot the three. He's got a long wingspan. He should be able to play defense. It's like, no. Carl Anthony Towns is the biggest example of all time of a guy – who just wants to get his stats and doesn't give a shit about winning. Oh, maybe he'll be like, no, I care about winning. Well, it's like, oh, okay, if you do care, you're really bad at it. So that's almost just as alarming. Carl anthony Towns, like, let's, like, like I don't – here's what I'm going to say about him. I'm going to put a little label on him right now. Bust. Bust I, Carl I anthony it. Towns. Get your stats. You're not going to accomplish anything in the NBA ever. Carl anthony Towns will never be an NBA champion. Carl Anthony Towns will probably never make it to the finals unless it's like when he's 38, 39 on like a like on the bench of a team. Yeah, if, I'm. If he's Carl second, Anthony Towns will never accomplish anything of value in the NBA. Right here, right now, I am saying that.
2: I will. Carl Anthony Towns sucks. Just to defend him. Real quick, I, I think you're being a little too. A lot of wins under his
0: belt to defend him.
2: That's that's fair. I I just do think that Minnesota is a terrible, terrible fucking organization, and they've ingrained bad habits. And and you know what
0: monster. Carly Anthony Towns thought was a good idea was like, you know, I'm so good at basketball. I'm gonna I know what's best for yeah. this franchise. I'm gonna tell him to trade all our assets to get D'Angelo Russell because me and him would be really good. Like this just shows like how out of touch these fucking guys are.
3: It's Absolutely. crazy. No, and like that's the I, I love the KD. NBA, they made the playoffs
1: but, or something. Because it's like, do they ever make it with no, Kevin Love? Two thousand.
3: No, they Jimmy made it with
0: Butler. Butler. Jimmy oh, Butler. Okay, was, that's the other biggest. It's, like, that's
2: it, that's what I was going to say.
0: Jimmy Butler yeah. hated Carl Anthony Towns. And in playing he with him. got he got. Do you trust out, Jimmy fired. Butler's competitive opinion? Yes. Yeah, I do. Carl Anthony Towns is a scrub. Yeah, get yeah. your points. You're not going to accomplish shit in the NBA. He's I do. Th- I think scrub. they've enabled
2: him, though. Is is what I what I think yeah. They're and they're gonna because
0: that's what's gonna happen. I mean, Carl he, is Carl Anthony Towns diving for a loose ball. No, no, he thinks he's too pretty. Well, you know what's funny is that Draymond Green's gonna have a better NBA career than Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> think about the like the natural skills and like all the like all that. Think about that.
2: You're right. That's just there, a, like that's a guy Carl Anthony Towns. You it's know, sad. yeah
0: you a waste of talent
2: it, it is and and it's
0: i didn't it's know i was crazy. gonna go this hard on him but like if you think about it like i that's what i think about how talented he is guys yeah. or how he should it's like he's a he they,
3: could they, be, they tried
0: to compare this motherfucker to tim duncan
2: <laughs> he could be the best center in the league if he really tried and actually wanted to be and and it's just not and gonna happen credit
0: to joe Embiid, he knew right from the yeah. start this dude was a freaking poos <laughs> That's
2: isn't that kind of, it kind of comes yeah.
0: down to that too. That it's just kind of fucking pussy. Um, I
2: like I I do agree with you. Panic just, all the way on just, the Timberwolves. And that's the thing. I just wanted to bring up a team that was a for sure panic that we agree across the board. Because anytime you have to rely on draft odds, especially with the new draft odds being that it's all fourteen percent, the top three is uh, every the top three worst teams all have an equal chance of the number one pick. It's not a good sign when you have to leave it up to the fates on on your 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 future basically. And if Golden State somehow manages to get the fourth pick out of this, holy fucking shit.
1: <laughs> holy you know they are.
2: Shit. You know,
0: Anthony,
2: Carl
1: Anthony Towns yeah. is going to listen to this, and they're going to play so hard just to get, like, the 13th hey, seed.
0: See, Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a
1: hell
2: of a mark. When they're eliminated <laughs> yeah, exactly. The He's going to win four that's, games in a row for you just to put him right out of there. They're, they're literally between a rock and a hard place, though, because if they if they win and do better, their their ceiling isn't. Playoffs with with how they've started, it's it's maybe which means that their investment in towns has been a bust. Yeah, like, no, you're you're right. No, no, no. I 100 percent agree. I just still I'm he's a he's a distressed asset is how I view him. I think, and you you view him as a complete bust. But I I think he can still salvage. It's, it's hard because he can like put up points, but it just. I don't think for
0: you're people ever that get held to his value standards. out of him because of how much he's getting to get paid, he's getting paid and all this sort of stuff. It's never like he's never going to be actually like what he probably is. It's like a third or fourth, maybe fifth best player. Like how much better? Like legitimately, like this is going to be a crazy thing to say, but like he, like Andrew Bynum's going to have like a better like big game career than him, and Andrew Bynum like. Is, you know what I mean? Like he's just yeah. Cardeniti Towns
2: just exudes mediocrity. I th- you you're bringing up guys though, that had really great situations, and granted, they made. And their he's never going to be great. in a really great situation because he's getting paid his thirty-five fault. million dollars a year. Exactly, he he's not going to win anything as the best player. I, I don't think, given his mentality, he, he's it's just not. He's got to completely change his whole mindset. Play defense, dude. Even
0: if you put a guy like Bradley Beal on a team with Carl Anthony Towns, do you think they're actually really doing anything? No, no, no. no. I feel like this but. is the same
1: team they had with like
0: Wiggins, because they have a couple, because they have
1: like Anthony Edwards, like they just have always have a couple big names or like the young rookies, and they just never do anything. Like they had Kevin Love, then they had Ed Wiggins, they just don't do much. Ricky Rubio, one, one of what the, the worst Rubio? professional they, they sports. They got Rubio back.
0: They got him back. One of the worst oh, yeah. professional sports franchises, like of all time.
2: I I think so, and that and that's the biggest thing. And the owner is selling the team right now and is actively fighting to keep them in Minnesota. Good for them, I guess. That that he wants to keep Timberwolves ba- basketball in Minnesota, but like I, I just think that this this whole franchise just needs a restart button. They just need, they need a they need a fucking mulligan right now on almost every decision they've made for the past. 10 years probably. Of Since absolute they traded PG. Yeah. What, what's it's,
1: named one good decision they've made?
2: Bringing in Butler and Thibodeau, I, I think. Thibodeau. Um, is literally, and then they fired him immediately after.
0: You guys remember when uh, they took uh, Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn back to back in front of true. Steph Curry? <laughs> Back to back, that's just unbelievable. That, that's five, six. They see back to back cards, like you know, what Rubio, we need, we need seven Curry. There's two cards. Go- they got two point cards in front of Curry.
2: Well, thank God, because
1: yeah. he would have been in that mix then,
2: Steph Curry. Yeah, if 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 Curry was in Minnesota, fuck, I, I... Anthony Towns, yeah, Minnesota would have traded him after his first ankle injury. <laughs> you're right. This guy's a bust. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, let's, uh, Josh, who you got next for yeah, us? Yeah, I, I was gonna. Let's move on to the Heat. I, you're very high on the Heat, um, I, I know, B-Rob, so. I tr- uh, Okay, um, do you have the record for me? No, but they just lost again tonight, so I, I do have it, actually. Wow, a 7-13 and 13 right now. They are currently, okay. they're only three games back from 8th.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's why we're not going to panic with the Heat. The Heat play in the Eastern Conference.
2: That's yeah. That's all you need to yep. say. Yep. That's huge. That's all you that gotta say. That down. Yeah,
0: that is giant. And the other thing we need to think about with the Heat is that I think Eric Spolstra is uh, either the best coach in the league or the second best coach in the league. Third best? I don't know. I'm that high on Spolstra. and Pat Riley as a front office GM. The Heat are not afraid to make moves, and they will make moves if they can. I think Beal to Miami is possible, but. I don't think the Heat are going to be like an eight, seven, eight seed. I think they are going to correct. I think they're going to the correct course. And I think that they, you match them up against pretty much any team in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs besides the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to go to war. They're going to war. Yeah. No one expected the Heat to go to the finals last year. Last year. Yeah. They're going to war. It doesn't matter. You put Jimmy Butler in, in that squad as a 6-7 seed, you think they're just going to give up? No they're going to go to war. So I don't think you're panicking because I think if you're a Heat fan, the only team right now in the Eastern Conference where it's like shit, they they got us is the Nets in my opinion. Celtics took Celtics look good, but I mean 76ers I don't know. I I just think that uh are they going to the trade Heat have, uh, you think
1: is that going to happen no, this year?
0: No. I think the, the Sixers are going to ride it out. I mean, they're The Sixers are 15 and 6. But Simmons basketball. has
2: been Simmons has not been good though. He's he's taken mm-hmm. a step back this year, which which is good and because Joel Embiid's taking a step up. Yeah,
0: let's Joel Embiid, Twenty eight point three points per game, mm-hmm. eleven rebounds, and one and a
2: half blocks. The biggest story putting up is, an MVP. It's it's Tobias Tiberius. Harris, though I think is is the is the difference maker because I I think Joel's always been able to do this. It's it's been a lot of injury concerns and and an effort concern too, and he definitely seems to be wanting to do it this year but again it's doc rivers he he unlocked yeah, it brett brown was a bad coach yeah I, they let him coach for like three years too long and and you might have yeah been... what was he that was right like for like eight years right yeah he was he was during all the the tanking years the the whole fucking colangelo days i tried Mark to reward Jackson. him
0: for putting up with that bullshit but yeah. he was just a
2: bad coach yeah and it's and it's crazy it's not like doc rivers is crazy
0: or anything too as that coach you know no and it's just it's just But I do competence. think Doc Rivers is a good coach for the 76ers team in terms of motivating a guy like Joel Embiid. That's the thing. Um, exactly. With Simmons not playing well, Josh, are you um, – do you think they're going to move on for Simmons? I think they're going to ride this season out.
2: I don't know. See, the thing is, a lot of people, surprisingly, a lot of people, I, I didn't see this coming, were giving them shit for not pulling the trigger on a Harden deal. And I just – I never liked it. I never liked Harden – I mean, it's listen. Like obviously, Harden and and Embiid in theory could be really fucking good, but like I just think that Simmons is potentially amazing, and I just don't want to give that up for Harden, especially with picks on top of that. I think you're you're just overpaying.
0: If I'm giving up Simmons, I want a bunch of assets. Exactly. And I guess James Harden is an incredible asset, but I don't. I thought they made the right move in keeping Simmons. Even though, I think they did.
2: And, that's, and I'm wondering if they they still were waiting on the Beal situation to boil over before it because I think maybe they see this as the big move because a lot of people actually valued Beal over Harden, uh, and, which looks like it might be the smarter move, to be honest, uh, even though Harden's been great so far. Beal from the
0: certainly next. made the case the last two years that he should be just as good as Harden. I don't yeah. know. It's not like Harden's playoff resume is anything to speak of. So And Beal's um,
2: like – 10 years younger almost as well on top not 10 it's like seven maybe six but mm-hmm. but still it, you, you're right and I think if they can make that deal for Simmons without giving up more than two first round picks I think you do make that deal because it just doesn't look like Simmons is. I would do it is is, is been that great but I, Simmons is still
0: making Beal doesn't take over your offense in a negative light sometimes like Harden might if he was in Philly Exactly. If that makes sense. Because I feel like, Josh, don't you think if like Harden goes to Philly, like it's not like Tobias Harris is going to play better.
2: That's that's kind of the thing is he needs to be – I think Harris is a very vacuum player where he needs like everything perfect for him to thrive mm-hmm. well. And, and I so think far, Beal would be bad. valuable. Exactly, because I think Beal is better off ball than Harden is. Harden needs the ball mm-hmm. in his hands a lot more. Where Tobias Harris can also handle the ball a good amount and create for himself, especially with Doc Rivers as his coach. Um, but what the last thing is before I completely condemn Simmons, he has, he's still a bit amazing defensively, um, is, is, is the, still the big asset, but he's not nearly as good as what we hoped or thought he could be this season, given how good he's mm-hmm. been so far.
0: Yeah. So that remains to be seen, Josh, let's do, um, uh... One more panic or no panic and then wrap it up before we get to our um, album draft because we're running
2: a a little bit long on time here. So uh, who do you got last for us? Uh, We'll do the Nuggets because I want to talk about the Nuggets because this is another Bradley Beal potential destination. Um, And I am a little worried. They started off terribly, um, absolutely abysmal. Uh, Jamal Murray hasn't. They did. Yeah, it's pretty in a know, pretty spectacular fashion. Credit to uh, the Kings; they they had that with the Buddy Beal tip in that he missed that yeah. game-winning layup. Anyways, Nuggets, uh, Jokic has been in the MVP discussion, top three player probably this season easily, On, averaging a near triple double, had has maybe so one of the best offensive seasons from a center since. Wilt Chamberlain, depending on what metrics you use, it's it's like absurd how good Jokic has been. However, just the team around him has, has gotten worse. Porter Jr. has missed a lot of games, but even when he's played, he hasn't been good. Uh, it, it's very clear that um, they don't really like him, I don't think. I don't think Denver likes Porter Jr. very much. Just Porter Jr. doesn't now. seem
0: like that many people like him.
2: No, no. I, Seems I,
3: kind of I, like I, an idiot.
2: Yeah, and so that's the thing is he's their best asset, I, I, besides your first round picks. Him and maybe Bull Bull, depending on. I, I don't even know where we are at in Bull Bull's career. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Yeah, but uh, Jamal Murray has been just as inconsistent as ever, and the the role players around him like Gary Harris and uh, uh, who's the fucking the point guard that I can't remember. Uh, they, they
0: just, uh well, fuck, they traded Malik Beasley. Monte Morris. Monte that's, Morris, that's the yeah. guy
2: he hasn't been good either they've been shooting terribly i i just don't i don't like this roster and i I just it worries me given how promising this young nuggets team was so i'm kind of hitting the panic button and i think they need to be buyers in this trademark yeah
0: i think they need to um as we wrap up on this i think that jamal murray last year in the playoffs showed us like how electric he can be but unfortunately one thing we I'm a I'm a really big Jamal Murray fan but one thing we've noticed this season is I think that the Nuggets probably need a second star to complement Jokic cuz it just remains to be seen whether or not we can count on Jamal Murray on a consistent basis.
2: Absolutely. And and I'm I'm betting against that to be honest, i i I don't i don't have faith in jamal murray
0: everything points to that being right josh besides last year's playoffs
2: you're you're right you're absolutely right and i'm and what he did in the playoffs last year was just it was mesmerizing and i'm it was i'm very clearly um the victim also of the jamal murray show so yeah yeah
0: he came back remember didn't didn't you guys lose in game
2: seven right yeah like you guys that. had I, a 3-1 lead remember that josh right i forget the n- exact numbers it's you know it's it, it a it. shuffle for me you remember yeah, it. it's tough
0: it's tough clippers nation always hurting all oh. right gentlemen josh andrew always a pleasure big dog um josh we're gonna have you guys on later in the week to talk about the super bowl big dog we look forward to your mlb piece next week Absolutely. josh we look forward to hearing from you next week uh I don't know. We'll figure something out, Josh. You and me should start writing in some way. Um, Stay tuned. Got an exciting next hour here on the Pineapple Couch. Uh, Mitchell Rincon will be joining me, and we're going to be drafting our 10 favorite albums of all time. Spoiler alert, I took a Rolling Stones album at number one. All right, Big Dog, Josh, thank you so much. Love you, boys. We'll be right back here on the Pineapple Couch. All right, welcome on back to the Pineapple Couch with B Rob, episode seventy nine here, and I'm joined. By my good friend and fellow scholar of the musical arts, I could say um, it is oh, Mitch Rincon. Mitch, how you doing, my friend?
4: Oh, good, but I hate that
0: scholar I of hate the that musical so arts. Much. It's kind of like Harry Potter esque, is what I, what I was saying. It Son of um, bitch. just tried to—I just tried to sound as pretentious as I possibly could to start it off. So, because that's what yeah, we're gonna be mean, doing. We're gonna what be what we do
4: is the work of professionals and mm-hmm. uh, poet laureates of sorts.
0: Yeah. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be going um, uh, through our top 10 favorite albums of all time. And so it's going to be a mix of favorite and what you think is the best, because Mitch, I think we've talked about this before, but if something is your favorite, probably a little part of you thinks it's the best. There are some (laughs) exceptions to that rule, obviously, but for the most part, I think I kind of think that way about it. So let's... Do you have any rules you want to go through, or I guess we're, we're doing a draft, so you, we can't take the same thing. Anything you want to el- else you want to add before we go to this?
4: Um, no, it's just it's, uh, yeah. We'll see how the draft goes because usually we go bottom to top, but I'm suspecting we're going top to bottom. Yeah, top to bottom,
0: top to bottom. So, um, Mitch, I'll let you kick it off. You are the guest. Oh, you have the first pick. Don't do what you, just to fuck me, because I know it's not <laughs> could truly do something your favorite. So good. Um, I'm trusting you. You have the first pick. What is your number one album here in this music draft?
4: My number one album coming out of the state of England. Mm, nice. Uh the band with the blimp, I'm going Led Zeppelin Four. Uh which is my favorite Led Zeppelin album. Uh although I live about a hundred feet away from where the cover photo of Physical Graffiti was. hmm Uh Led Zeppelin Four is just still my favorite in the powerhouse and kinda You know, I, I
0: I mean it's hard to beat an album that's black dog rock and roll and stairway on it, so <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, that certainly helps.
4: Yeah, it's weird that like Led Zeppelin IV is like technically their breakout into like big, mm-hmm. uh, you know, critically acclaimed. Yeah. I guess which is pretty ridiculous, but it
0: is. They were coming uh, out so fast though with albums in that phase, so maybe it was just like it was bound to happen eventually, and maybe four just was. I mean, I don't know. Four is incredible, but I think one through four is all incredible. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anything else? No?
4: I mean, we can go through like the songs. You already said Black Dog. Uh, Going to California mm-hmm. is on that one, which is the pick of the bunch, I would say. I'm a rock and uh, roll guy. Yeah, rock and roll rules, as I know you are. <laughs> uh, Four Sticks, Misty Mountain Hop. It, it's a perfect album black out of rock and roll battle of evermore mm-hmm. to heaven misty mountain top, four sticks going to california when the levee breaks
0: uh when the levee breaks too jesus yeah that's a fire album all right well that, i mean that's what we're gonna be talking about it's, every album is going to be incredible because we're going through the top 10 but uh, i'll start it off I, I really won't even spend that much time on this because i've talked about it so much i have exile on main street by the rolling stones came out in 1972 oh, a double shocked. album Obviously, they recorded this in the south of France after they left England for tax purposes. Um, They also consequently went on the 1972 United States tour, which I think is really just... If I could go to any tour in the history of the world, I would go see that tour. Um, And when you think about Exile... There's the big, bigger songs that come to mind, like uh, Tumbling Dice, Sweet Virginia, Happy. But why Exile is so good is it has so many just deep cuts on it from songs like Let It Loose, Shine a Light, The Opener Rocks Off, um, Loving Cup, obviously, just a completely stacked album where it's a mix of that rock-heavy Stones, but they still have that country flair in that era, which I like a lot. So, yeah, Exile, number one.
4: Yeah, do you still want to do a deep dive into exile at some point?
0: Yeah, we could do like a legit, like deep, deep dive into it because I've
4: the work of scholar, the true work of scholars, (laughs) the
0: true work of scholars. Yeah, we should probably do that. I would like that. All right. All right. What do you got at two?
4: Uh, number two, I got another band by this. another album by the band the stands <laughs> mm-hmm. i got sticky fingers um which i i still i think is also perfect i know me and you have i mean i uh, i love them disagreements about one and two but you know it's all it's all in in, in the spirit of love mm-hmm. and, but um sticky fingers start with brown sugar sway which is Um, Mick Taylor. Yeah. Wild Horses. uh, Can't You Hear Me Knockin'? Where they just let the rhythm section loose. Mm -hmm. And Bobby Keys. Sax and horns are part of the rhythm section.
0: Oh, that's true. Good point.
4: Uh, Then You Gotta Move, Bitch. I Got the Blues, Sister Morphine, uh, Dead Flowers. And then you round that baby off with Moonlight Mile.
0: Which is... I think Moonlight Mile is the most underrated Rolling Stones song because I feel like not that many people know it, and it's just an unbelievable, like, anthem. It should be on the level of a song It's like, you can't always get what you want, which is another one they have that ends an album, but mm-hmm. um, that's a great pick. I mean, seventy the 68 through 70 sto- 72 era of the Stones, I mean, the stuff they were putting out. I mean, honestly, if I'm looking at the list of all the albums, I'm going to say, I think maybe over half of them came out between 1968 and 1972. so (laughs) obviously a fan of that era um however i'm gonna go away from that era mitch for my number two i'm gonna go to 1979 i'm gonna go back to another double album i'm gonna go back to the uk Mm. london calling by the clash an absolute gauntlet of an album in terms of different styles of music throughout like obviously you have like reggae influences on that album obviously the punk rock roots of the clash i mean you go from songs like rudy can't fail death or glory lost in the supermarket the right profile there's i mean train in vain at the end that they actually don't even list on the album art and it's just the bonus track which is great because it's one of their best songs um I mean, i could go on and have been
4: i've been listening to spanish bombs a lot that's not rule. spanish bombs lovers rock
0: is very good um it's just i think it's the clash at their best obviously at their peak and um i don't it's in a weird way is like kind of similar to exile in the fact of it's a double album and it's just kind of like mick jones and joe strummer really just kind of Shine through more because it's kind of thrown together. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it's not like a a concise nine song punk rock album. It's a sprawling, longer album where they show all their strengths, really, that you wouldn't necessarily know.
4: I was gonna say, it's like it's so expansive and it's Mm -hmm. just all over the place. Yeah,
0: it's a a roller coaster. And, um, I mean, yeah, London Calling is, uh, I got it number two, it's just an unbelievable album. Mitch, to you. Um,
4: I'm going to go with another album of a, a band that could be considered from London, England. Uh, the year before 1968, 1967, with uh, Jimi Hendrix, with mm-hmm. Are You Experienced? Yep. Um, I don't think I could have a, a top three, even a. a top five without Jimi Hendrix because of, y- yeah. I- <laughs> of anything yeah of anything favorite people ever
0: <laughs> best uh, barbecuers maybe Jimi Hendrix was really good you never know
4: could yeah. be man jumped out of airplanes uh, yeah,
3: I don't know
0: mm-hmm. but yeah it's a great pick I mean what what, what we go through some of the songs on that
4: uh, well I mean some all-timers start with Purple Haze. Manic uh-huh. Depression, Hey Joe, um, The Wind Cries Mary, mm. Fire, Foxy Lady, Are You Experienced, Highway Child.
0: Wow, just so a very and, like casual album, you're saying. <laughs> it, it,
4: yeah, pretty key. <laughs> just kind of runs under the radar. Ends with Red House, which is...
0: Mm. So that's the pinnacle of Hendrix to you, obviously.
4: Um... That's tough to say, like, a four-year career. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, like, some of his best stuff is, um, like, super bluesy and, 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 like, super acoustic. A lot of, like, acoustic versions and, like, movie versions. But, I, I mean, I don't know how, like, you can do much better than this. Yeah? In terms of a finished product of... 17 Jimi hendrix songs yeah i don't think there's many more that could even come close to this
0: yeah um he's i mean we'll, we'll talk about a couple what ifs as we go through this list i'm sure but Jimi hendrix i would say is the largest what if in rock and roll history by far not even really
4: close mm-hmm. or uh, if the i would say close second as if the blue boonies stay together yeah tough <laughs> one of those two um
0: okay i'll go i'll match your jimmy at three with another jimmy at three and we'll stay in the uk um i'm going led zeppelin two for uh number three for me uh led zeppelin two is kind of i feel like where Led Zeppelin, like, really takes their form. Led Zeppelin 1 is amazing. I'm not talking any crap on that. But I feel like a a lot of Led Zeppelin 1 is kind of, like, almost, like, an extension of Jimmy Page's work with the Yardbirds. And then on Led Zeppelin 2 is when they kind of really hone in, and there's just, like, kind of an essence of uh, American music, I would say, on Led Zeppelin 2 that is not – as present on the first one with like, I mean, you got songs like "Living Loving Maid, Ramble On, Heartbreaker. Um, you're going to start the album with a whole lot of love. And then um, my personal favorite as of late off that album is Bring It On Home because they mm-hmm. just take a little bluesy riff and then Jimmy Page sets it on fire. And it's just <laughs> unbelievable. So I'll go Led Zeppelin too. Um, well,
4: and the, like right before that, you have Moby Dick where John Bonham just...
0: It's just an album where they're consistently setting things on freaking fire. Heart, heartbreaker is absurd. The Led Zeppelin 2, just the thing, it starts and it never gives up. It starts with a whole lot of love. I believe the second song is What Is and What Should Never Be, which uh-huh. is an absolute backbreaker. Um, yeah, I think this is. I mean, no, that's not. Led Zeppelin does explore. Not Americana, but American type music and Led Zeppelin 3 obviously. And then I think also you could say like physical tangerine. graffiti. Yeah, and um the brawny brawny are stomp, I would say, is a little but uh, I really like the bluesy American bluesy American style, I guess, of Led Zeppelin two, with obviously that British flavor. So Led Zeppelin two mm. at number three for me. Mr. Rincon,
4: number four. Um Number four, I'm going with Santana's Abraxas. Uh, it's an album that I could listen to a million times mm-hmm. just on repeat and would be totally okay with that. It's like my number one uh, album that I put on the, the record player because it just it flows. It's so nice. It's so nice. It flows so well together. You have Black Magic Woman going into like Oye, Oye Como va. And then you have other, like, mother Mother's Daughter just rips. And then you have, like, other stuff, like Samba Parati that just, like, just flows and vibes. And, mm-hmm. and Santana just puts some crazy stuff together, just combining, like, you know, a Hispanic background with, like, all these, like, African and beats jazz. and rhythms with, like, yeah.
0: Was he... Is this 67? 70. 70. Okay. What was Santana's, like... When did he start? It was, like, 66, 67? Or was it earlier?
4: Um, like, yeah, about... You have, like, Santana came out. The one with, like, the the line on the front Mm -hmm. came out in 69. Okay. Uh, Santana was at Woodstock, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. I I knew that, but I just wanted to double-check.
4: Yeah, that's when they play, um... Uh, what what did they play? Um...
0: God, I'm Black Magic Woman.
4: Well, yeah, they play it, but they play um, they play Soul Sacrifice. And oh, There's damn. a video of it. That's when they. It was like there's a story of them taking a bunch of acid for the first time right before that set. Oh boy, and uh, and they're just going like there's stories of of Carlos Santana being like, yeah, I was like his guitar turned into uh, like a serpent snake and he's just like fighting the serpent as he's just wailing wailing. (laughs) (laughs) just a casual story yeah you have my favorite rhythm section of all time just the dudes on the bongos and (laughs) Mm it's just like oh i just me and my dad just watched a video of it was 81 it was a us festival Mm -hmm. in like san bernardino and there's a a set of them playing, and they one of their uh, like percussionists is just wearing like a uh, an old school like wrestling mm-hmm. uh, like onesie. Oh just boy! ripping there's just like this jacked Mexican dude, with a, <laughs> yeah. like a uh, um, like Borat onesie. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so that's uh yeah. What do you got?
4: I at four.
0: I'm gonna go back to the well. I'm going back to it. I'm going to the greatest rock and roll band of all time. I'm going back to them. The, <laughs> on this record, it says that this record should be played loud. And that is true. This album is called Let It Bleed. It came out in 1969. It starts with Gimme Shelter. It ends with You Can't Always Get What You Want. In between that, we get <laughs> Love in Vain, Country Honk, Live With Me, Let It Bleed, Midnight Fucking Rambler, You Got the Silver, And Monkey Man. This is the Stones, literally their middle finger to the Beatles with Let It Be. I mean, Uh the Let It Bleed versus Let It Be thing, I love it so much because it just shows... I'm gonna go on a little Beatles rant really quick. Why not? Fuck the no, Beatles. Yeah, Fuck sure. the Beatles. You know what? I was just kidding. Gonna- <laughs> the Beatles, they can talk all this shit, but it's like you guys aren't real. You didn't go on the fucking tours. You didn't play music for the people. You sat in your studio and replayed all your songs a million times so they'd sound sound well, made a bunch of math equation type pop songs, and just automatically assume you're the best. I'm sorry, it's not a fair comparison where you're comparing the stones and the Beatles when I take Midnight Rambler and compare it to I Wanna Hold Your Hand. It's boys and men. You're not gonna see a Beatles album on this. It's and John Lennon. First of all, he's dead. And second of all, fuck you. Well, so is. Don't this, the shit he said about Mick Jagger and the Stones back in the day. I mean, talk about being out of touch. Good lord, <laughs> that dude's a fucking moron. So Stones, that let for it let it bleed because you know what, Mitch, let it bleed Dude, about, is better than man anything. Man? That, oh, my God. Imagine. Imagine all the people. Fucking Harry Potter looking ass. Um, yeah. Ugh. Fuck the Beatles. Stones at four. Let it bleed. Dude, I got this freaking book, The 100 Greatest yeah, well, Albums we're... by VH1. My buddy Sosa was moving some stuff and he just gave it to me. How the fuck is, is the fuck Revolver by at? Beatles at the number one album of all time? That is absurd that Revolver is what you choose. Listen, Abbey Road well, is, is, is a great album abbey road great album that's what you should put at one sergeant pepper so yeah but freaking revolver what are we talking (laughs) about you could compare you know revolver's not even better than the stones at like age 45 with emotional rescue and tattoo you like get out of here um but to go all the way back to let it bleed a lot of uh um american elements that keith was taking out of this time on songs like country honk obviously let it bleed and then Midnight Ramblers, the rock opera anthem that no one else but the Stones could do. So that was my Let It Bleed at number four slash Beatles rant. Mitch, number five.
4: I liked it. I think we could just keep doing that for...
0: I mean, just go on a tour. Tour. <laughs>
4: tour. For once. You know, the Beatles love
0: the studio because when they fuck up, they can just, oh, it never happened. Oh, let's sip on our tea.
4: Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> Freaking play a live show, losers. They played on the roof. Oh yeah, for like fifteen minutes once. <laughs> yeah, they said "f you" to the man and did it, and then they got cut off.
0: Yeah, it says something that when you two did that in LA, like a billion times more people went. <laughs> so who do you have at five?
4: Oh, I hope you don't have you two on here.
0: I don't. Joshua Tree's an all time album though, but I don't have a top ten. Okay.
4: Um hmm. yeah, I'm just gonna do this. I wrote this down, so that's what I'm gonna do. Uh number five, I have one that I feel like you'll have on here somewhere. It's much newer. We're gonna do uh Down in Heaven oh, by you the son of a piece. bitch. Great job. Is that your pick?
0: No, I had that a little farther down the line, but I did have that okay. on there. I, expand.
4: Um, have we done one on Twin Peaks?
0: Yeah, we did a a little Twin Peaks. It was a, a while dive. ago, though. Yeah, it was like a year ago. How was
4: it? Yeah. Um, I think that was when I was in the attic. Maybe. Um. Yeah, Down in Heaven just pretty much a perfect album, mm-hmm. as are just about all of these on the top ten, but. Um great dudes out of Chicago. Great band. What we see as the next like Rolling Stones level of production and just longevity. Mm-hmm. What we'll and see. groove.
0: And mm-hmm. like attitude, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean they love rock and roll music. Mm-hmm. And we love to see it and we love to listen. We love rock uh, and roll. So we start with a song that was one of my highest played probably for like three years straight uh, Walk to the One You Love and then move into Wanted You, My Boys, Butterfly, You Don't, uh, Cold Lips, Heavenly Showers which is a peach. Um, I know we have different favorite kind of styles of Twin Peaks songs but they just kind of do everything so they have Four songwriters and just unbelievable musicians yep. around them.
0: They could write five different types of, or even more, five different types of an album. Like when it, when you mm-hmm. put together a ten song Twin Peak album, dude, I think they're going through forty fifty songs.
4: Yeah, I mean that's why you get so many singles after, like mm-hmm. Coffee and and uh, We and Got to Disappear a,
0: and I Don't Want to Miss You. That was great.
4: Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, this album's like I, it's it's kind of all over the place too like the clash kind of stuff or like the other kind ones where we get deeper where you have like heavy rocking stuff mm -hmm. and like light stuff like with heavenly showers and heavenly showers
0: lolisa compared to songs like have you ever holding roses um down in heaven i mean it is my favorite album that has ever like in my that came out when i
4: was alive and it's not really close yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's my highest rated one as yeah. well.
0: So, um Kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that was that album came on the same freaking day as a coloring book, too. That's
4: coloring book. Yeah, yeah,
0: what a wild day that was. Um Anything else on Down I think in Twin Heaven? Twin Peaks
4: did a better job. I do, too. I think Twin Peaks took that day.
0: They won that day from in the Chicago standpoint.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, that it is funny that they're both Chicago. Mm-hmm.
0: About that. Yeah. Um, anything else on that before we go to my number five?
4: No, go for it. I'm sure we'll talk about this at <laughs> yeah. plenty of times. 1972,
0: Los Angeles, California, L.A. Woman by the Doors. Mm-hmm. A, Okay, so a couple things about this album you can very easily convince me that la woman is the best song of all time just in terms of how great of a rock song that is you can make the argument and it's it's i would probably end up saying like you can't you're picking between such great things at number one but there is an argument for la woman but you think about other songs on that album the changeling hyacinth house um let me pull it up really quick because off the top of my head um
4: Riders on the Storm.
0: Riders on the Storm. You have the Wasp Radio, correct? What else you got? Oh, but been down so long. Cars hiss by in my window. Crawling King Snake. It's just, uh, it's the finest, I think, of the doors. It's the most heavily they lean into the blues. And if you can tell, that I, I like when it's bluesy rocky. Um, Jim Morrison, RIP. I mean, maybe the second biggest, what if? Um, or third, excuse me, Blue Boonies. Um, behind the Blue Boonies. Yeah. Jim Morrison, this is the last thing they made as the doors. Um, I think the this, this scream on the opening track, The Changeling, is like maybe the greatest scream in rock and roll history. My dad always argues and says this won't get fooled again. Roger Daltrey, which is a good one as I well. He has,
4: I think he has a point.
0: I just, I, I like the Jim Morrison. I like the Jim Morrison. Um, right. So yeah, The Lizard King, LA Woman, The Doors. That will conclude my top five as we go to the six through ten range now.
4: Uh, Number six, what do I got? Um, Six, I got California Band out of Oakland, California. With Roots of Southern Rock. This is fun where I, I, I do stuff and I see your face trying to figure it out. An uh, Oakland
0: band, a band out of Oakland with mm-hmm. roots in Southern rock. Oh fuck you, damn it! I know who you're taking. Number six, Great I'm pick. going. You literally that Cosmos. is that is my that is on my list. That is my number six. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. All right, go ahead. Sorry.
4: Uh, I'm going Cosmos Factory by Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh Another, is this a double? It's 14 songs, but...
0: It might be a double.
4: I don't know. But, um... Probably my... The band that I've been listening to the most recently, Creedence Clearwater, and I don't know we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. but it's just absolutely stacked. Uh, Ramble Tamble, Traveling Band, uh Looking Out My Back Door, Run Through the Jungle, Who'll Stop the Rain, uh... I think your favorite song in the album. I heard it through the grapevine. And that or long as I, or I actually run through the jungle might be.
0: Yeah, I kind of cool. like I. Sometimes this is, I'm just being honest with you and the listeners. When I'm playing bad in a video game, I have to like not listen to the video game, and I have to blast a certain type of music to pump me up. So like, let's say I'm not Death playing helps. well in 2K. I'm gonna bump some Drake or Kanye or something like that. If I'm not playing well in COD, it's run through the jungle. You blast that in your ears, and that is how I get going. So yeah, that's a it's a little little story about me. When I was younger, really quick, there was uh, do you remember the Disneyland racing game for like PS1, PS2? No, unbelievable game, so good. But the point of Disneyland that Disneyland racing, yeah, it it had like all the different rides were different um courses. So huh. the Haunted House course... like
4: bandicoot
0: <laughs> Kind of, yeah. It, the, the Haunted House course scared the crap out of me. Scared mm-hmm. the crap out of me. So what I would do as a young boy is I would turn off the spooky music and I would blast Highway to Hell by ACDC as loud as I could. <laughs> and I'm like seven and <laughs> just racing my way through Disneyland. So that's my tangent there. Um, Mick,
4: You're a strange child, I, huh? I
0: still am. Always have been. Uh, Mitch, back to cosmos factory because i but i mean it's a great choice fucking i had it at six it's a great choice yeah
4: six um i mean the band rips i I just watched their uh woodstock concert the other day i think i sent it to you too Mm -hmm. but like you don't realize that john fogarty just is ccr yeah and just like the run he went on guitar lead guitar lead vocals Everything, harmonica, just, uh, I mean, writes the songs, composes, puts it together, produces. It was
0: a five to six year run of CCR, maybe a little less, right? Yeah, it was like sixty-seven to seventy-two or seventy-one, is what I want to think. Well,
4: I mean, in like popularity, I mean, they they had like a.
0: Well, I mean, they took a break after their like. He like went his own way. I thought.
4: Yeah, but I'm, I mean, like before, like they had a eleven year backswing. Of, oh, okay. Of like, doing stuff. Okay, makes sense. Sometimes, like, name different things, but um. What I gonna say? Um, oh, don't. dude, it's so funny watching his uh. Uh, fogarty's like youtube videos on his channel have you watched those
0: yeah, he's like playing songs with his kids
3: <laughs> yeah
4: <laughs> it's so wholesome like, it's so it, oh they're like in the van and they're like he tells like this 10 15 minute story about like his like woodstock experience mm-hmm. and then he's like and then i went home and i wrote this song and he plays i forget what he does but he's like with his kids mm-hmm. his kids are just sitting there for 10 minutes just as he's just being yeah. old and just, <laughs> just talking for forever. There's this other one where it's uh he's at Dodger Stadium. Have you seen that one? I haven't. He's at Dodger Stadium and he, it stadium's empty and he's in in the outfield and it says like happy 70th, uh 75th birthday John Fogerty. Fuck is and he a like Dodgers fan? About, he's from Oakland. What I, the fuck? I don't know. I know. It was kind of weird, but I guess they they probably live in LA now, but Yeah. Uh He just tells this whole story about, like, again, like him wanting to be a baseball player when he grew up and Mm -hmm. stuff. And then he, like, walks to center field and, like, his kids are there. And then he plays center field with his kids. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And we're also big fans of the troops here on the podcast. And uh, shout out to Fogarty. He did go to Vietnam. and, And that was also shown a little in Apocalypse Now. Fun fact.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny too how he like ripped Trump about like Trump playing his songs and stuff, and he's like, "I don't want you to play my songs, man. Like these songs are about douchebags like you." <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, okay, that dude is awesome. Yeah, he.
0: I mean, the oh, what I was gonna say was a really cool way to look at his personality is um, there is this uh, him and Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. They went on a tour together, and they have this video where they're, like, awkwardly, like, talking to each other, like, check this one out. And it's, like, them playing all these, like, amazing riffs, but it just just seems like a great dude. Um,
4: It's so funny. Yeah,
0: so that's a great pick by you, Mitch. Um, I am now – you've taken two of my picks already, so – Hell yeah. I know what I'm doing, though. Uh, At number six, The Rise and Fall of ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars by david bowie this album can you believe that that stupid book i got it has that at 48 how would that in what world does that album go to 48 like yeah, that's insane but um, um well, let me go, so, go 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 ahead yeah
4: go no
0: no no, no go. okay so you see, the album starts off with five years which is incredibly sad song but lyrically is a roller coaster and very fun to follow along with um fun fact in high school we had to like do this thing where you analyzed a poem and the teacher Mm -hmm. specifically said like you can't do songs and this one kid didn't give a fuck and he literally (laughs) just walked in front of the class and read the lyrics of five years by david bowie (laughs) it was hilarious (laughs) um
4: and so who's that dude that dude rules yeah
0: capper durham i think is his name i wonder what i wonder what he's up to uh but i'll go through the the, we got other great songs on here you got moon age daydream you got Starman. it ain't easy which is a a very powerful underrated song you got lady stardust hang on to yourself ziggy stardust suffragette city Mm. and rock and roll suicide i also another fun fact about this is um When I was in like into that album, yeah. When I was in fourth or fifth grade, there was a talent show, and I really wanted to just go up and play "Suffragette City" on Guitar Uh Hero or Rock Band on electric or on on Expert or something, and be like, "Look at how sick I am." (laughs) But that was vetoed because of the "Wham Bam Thank You Ma'am" line in "Suffragette City." What really one of the I mean, we're talking about what You're ifs in rock and it. roll history. If a young Brian Robbins was allowed to go take the stage and play Guitar Hero on Expert of Suffragette City, I'd probably be, like, super famous right now. But You are playing on Expert? I don't know. For the purpose of this story, I'm saying I was playing on Expert. God knows what <laughs> I was playing on. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was actually playing an Easy, and I was playing bass in Rock Band.
4: <laughs> Dude, that would be the funniest thing if you go up and just play the rock band drums (laughs) on (laughs) for for the talent (laughs) show uh what a time i really thought it was a great idea that's so funny
0: um but yeah that that, that's six that that's it's just an it's one of the most iconic albums of all time and it's one of those things where I feel like sometimes albums are so iconic in terms of whether it be the name, the artwork, and sometimes it's like, does it really live up to it? Of, like, the story and all this stuff. Like, because here's a... I'm going to take another shot at the Beatles. Okay. Sgt. Pepper's does not live up to the stuff around it. It's good. does not live up to what it's supposed to be. I'm just saying. Um, the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spires from Mars holds up to just the grand story, I guess, that comes out with it. So that's Beatles shot number two.
4: Anyone keeping track I, at home? Well, I think that's Beatles shot, like, number seven or something. Well, how
0: about, here's number eight. Fuck you, Beatles. Um, Mitch, what do you got at
4: seven? Oh, God. Uh, seven, I have something a little different. and Something that I'm sure you don't have on um, on yours. I'm going uh, Days Have Gone By, volume six by John Fahey. Um one of my favorite albums of all time. This dude is an absolute, just, guitar genius. Is, the, is he the figure,
0: finger picking them? legend? Just a lot yeah. of finger picking, like acoustic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Just making sure I knew who you are talking about.
4: Yeah, I mean we've we've talked about this guy before. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know if it was our like top guitarist. I think it was or, top guitarist. Um, but this dude rules. Uh, this album from '67. Um you have Revolt of the Dyke Brigade, Impressions of Susan, John Kirby Blues. Um <laughs> and then there's like two songs where it's just like uh just train sounds. <laughs> and then uh with guitar just,
0: like or just train sounds.
4: Uh like ninety percent train sounds mm, and like train. like like ten hey, percent guitar. Soul sister. Not that type of train sound. <laughs> i don't think that was around in in 67 true um but yeah great album great album art too it's just weird but um crazy dude just like when he he plays live and i'll just like walk up and sit down on his chair and there's like all these microphones set up like perfectly Mm -hmm. and he just like just grabs them and moves them and then just like kind of sits down and like tunes as he's like starting mm-hmm. that's crazy like, it looks like he just like got out of a car and it's just like going and it's like alright I'm ready yeah <laughs> um, so that that
0: was 7 for you correct that was 7 okay I'm gonna go at 7 Van Halen 1 running with the devil eruption you really got me feel your love tonight Jamie's crying uh, ice cream man you're no, or no, you're, you're no Goods on the second one. But um, that album is one of the most explosive hellos in the history of rock and roll. It's like, hey, we're mm-hmm. Van Halen. Now for the next <laughs> 10 years, everyone is going to try to be like us. Literally. That was the <laughs> 80s. It was like, wow, Van Halen's really cool. Let's try and do it.
3: Eh, it's not yeah. going to
0: work if you don't have Eddie. Um, but I mean, this album is just an absolute masterpiece. And it just was such a giant arrival um and obviously rest in peace Eddie van halen one of the greatest guitar players ever i do think that this album though the things about van halen that are overlooked obviously you have eddie who's unbelievable and david lee roth with his screams but michael anthony is one of the best background vocalists in rock and roll such a huge influence from the beach boys there and you can definitely hear it and then alex van halen the drummer he's one of those drummers that like when you hear john bonham you immediately can say like oh that's John Bonham. Alex Van Halen. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's John Bonham, but when you hear him playing drums, you're, I like. Oh, that's Alex Van Halen. You can tell. So, um, Van, yeah, Van Halen won at seven. Just an absolute gem Screamer. of an album. I think it's either came out in '76 or '78. So
4: '78.
0: Okay, '78. Yeah. So that's who I have at seven.
4: Not too bad, Brian. Not too bad of a of a team you're putting together. Yeah. Yeah. You know me. Um, what are we on? Eight. My number eight is kind of close to the last one I did. Uh, I'm going with Towns Van Zandt, mm. self-titled album. Um, I f- just an absolute, just legend of, of kind of folk country music. Uh, just unbelievable songwriting and lyrics. Uh, Definitely might, like, you know when people say, like, oh, I'll listen to anything, like, besides country. Mm-hmm. That just pisses you off. <laughs> well,
0: because like when people say that, they're talking about, like, Luke Bryan. It's like, yeah. you don't know who, like, <laughs> Hank Williams is or, like, all this, yeah. like, actual good shit. It's like. Yeah. Thinking about, they're thinking about truck, yeah. That's what they're thinking about. <laughs> truck, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: They need some uh, some music appreciation days with Mitch and Brian. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, is Tim
0: McGraw related to Doctor Phil? No, right?
4: Okay, is in what Doctor Phil's last I... name McGraw? In what world do you think I know this information?
0: I don't know. I just thought of it. I think they have the same <laughs> last name. What a world that would be! If I I doubt it. Okay, sorry. Keep going.
4: Wait! 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 You're starting a theory uh, that may be true, I have no idea, that Tim McGraw and Dr. Phil... That's his dad. Are... <laughs> <laughs> or no, I'm not sure, but that's what I'm going with. All right. I have no idea, but that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, back to Townsman Yeah. Uh album, uh, 1969 starts off with for the sake of the song waiting around the die is amazing colorado girl lungs i'll be here in the morning fare thee well miss carousel quick silver daydreams of maria and that ends with none but the rain um just a masterpiece of, of of folk country music there's a really good documentary i forget what it's called but it follows him he's like the main dude that they follow but it's all about these like Kind of folk country country artists mm-hmm. back in like I forget what year like the seventies, but yeah, dude, this dude like, just he's from Texas and he just like left his so, like society and just lived with a horse <laughs> for like a couple months just out in just the Texas wilderness. Yeah, uh, there's a in the documentary they go to his house and he's just like giving them a tour around his farm mm-hmm. and he's like talking to the cows and and shit. And then they, like, go inside, and he plays a couple songs. He plays Poncho and Lefty, which is a different song, or a different album. But then he plays Waiting Around to Die. He's like, this is the first song I wrote. And his neighbor is over there with um, for some other, someone else. But his neighbor's over there. He's, like, this old, like, maybe 70, 80-year-old black dude. And he's just sitting there, and Towns plays this song, Waiting Around to Die. And this dude just starts bawling. Oh, damn. Because it's just an amazing song. But, um, yeah, that's Towns Van Zandt.
0: All right, and you had that at number eight?
4: That's my number eight. All right. Um, At number eight,
0: I'm going to follow Van Halen (laughs) 1. With Van Halen 2. (laughs) No. I am, though, going to follow it up with a track I referenced earlier in terms of Disneyland racing. I got Highway to Hell by ACDC here at 8. Wow. Just an app like, the last album with Bon Scott, may he rest in peace. Bon is gone, but Mm -hmm. Angus rocks on um obviously you have the song highway to hell to start it off with but then this album is just unbelievably stacked girls got rhythm walk all over you touch too much beating around the bush shot down in flames get it hot if you want blood love hungry man night prowler just an absolute angus just with his chef's kiss masterpiece in terms of guitar work it unbelievable stuff in songs that walk all over you that video is absolutely absurd because angus just does this thing when he plays guitar in solos and solos he like dances but he uh-huh. kind of like skips to the side
4: it's just unbelievably it's a, chuck, awesome. it's a chuck berry move
0: yeah but it's like it's like angus is doing it like while he's on like battery acid or something <laughs>
4: <laughs> like some uh- shit like that
0: but uh just a an absolute great album um kind of like uh bit like unnerving that Bon scott wrote this album and then died but the legend yeah. lives on just i uh-huh. mean it, it, it it's hard to put into words like just how great and how legendary highway to hell and that whole album is mm-hmm. so that's why i have can at we eight. talk
4: can we talk a little bit about angus's angus young's uh little shorts
0: oh yeah he's like okay it's crazy he still wears them
4: <laughs> he's.
0: I saw this video from like five years ago, and he's still wearing those shorts. And it's like, damn, your legs are white, bro. <laughs> like you're like
4: sixty something. Uh, uh, that's so funny. Just him with like uh, his necktie, like mm-hmm. all loose. Yeah, never got rid <laughs> a little, of it. Never got a rid of it. Little hat, a little cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one, one of the best looks in. in Music, yeah,
0: history. that uh, um, well, obviously, and Jack Rack Jack Black plays homage to that in uh School of yeah, Rock, yeah, yeah. but that the high high voltage with their first album that um, mm. with him in the schoolboy costume with the tongue is just so freaking great because he's like dude, he's like 17 at that time, like he was so much younger than everyone. Um, because his older brother Malcolm was like the rhythm guitarist, so ACDC Highway to Hell at number eight for me, uh-huh.
4: Mr. Rincon, yeah, uh. Me and my dad, like, growing up, we used to just always watch, um, just, like, con- like live concerts. Mm-hmm. So, we always watched, like, the Zeppelin 4 one, or, like, um, The Song Remains the Same. hmm But, and, like, Heart. A lot of Heart.
3: Straight on for you!
4: Yeah. Um... But one of the like main ones that was always on was uh A C D C at um in I think it was Madrid at like the bullfighting arena. Oh nice. Oh my god, that that video is amazing. It, anybody A C D C just gets you so freaking hyped. Yeah. That's one of the best live performances ever. Um Yeah, all
0: right. You're, you you got two more. more.
4: Um Number nine, I'm going different way than we have been i am going with um the dock of the bay by otis redding Mm. a little pivot from our our rock and roll list but uh absolute wonderful album Mm -hmm. 68 one of the best um like lead singers and uh just stage performers of all time who also i think he was he might have been a 27er Mm, 27
0: club rest in peace
4: and then he died in in uh madison wisconsin (laughs) oh wow
0: home of the badgers
4: (laughs) and my Mm -hmm. (laughs) ex-girlfriend yeah shout out to her i'm I'm sure she's listening (laughs) Um, (laughs) be fine uh so we start this album with uh sitting on the dock of the bay which definitely holds its own in the the history of of music mm-hmm. um and then a song like you'd think that like no song can follow sitting on the dock of the bay and then you get i love you more than words can say which is whew. that really gets you going mm-hmm. um And then you got like Let Me Come Home, The Glory of Love, which live is just unreal. Um, And then Nobody Knows You when You're Down and Out. That's been done by a a bunch of different people. Um, But yeah, Otis Redding. I like it. Very solid
0: pick there. Um, So my draft has just gone all over the place. I I can't leave this album on the board. I was Mm -hmm. saying I was going to do it, but I just... Number nine, I'm taking Some Girls. I love it too much. I love Some Girls by the Rolling Stones. 1978, you get Miss You. You got Just My Imagination, <laughs> Beast of Burden, When the Whip Comes Down, Lies. You have, um, uh, what's the Keith song on that one? Before They Make Me Run, Far Away Eyes, just respectable. Mm. Just some absolute bangers. The Stones embracing a little disco. You love to see that. Um, <sighs> an, an unbelievable I'm sc- album to make when you're like, 38, 39, 40, I think is what they were around that time. So Some Girls by the Stones. St- d- said I wasn't going to take more than two Stones albums, but I just can't leave Some Girls on the board. So number nine, that, Some that's
4: Girls. Your, that's your third?
0: <sighs> yeah. I, well, no. St- no. It's my fourth. Sticky Fingers, I would say, is two. I would go Exile, Sticky, Let It Bleed, Some Girls, Beggars, goats head soup. Sure, yeah. I think about this constantly. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's really funny that you just pulled that out. Yeah, I just constantly thinking yeah. about it. Um, what do you? Well, ha- you know, I th- I thought I'd only do one Stones album, but and you know, give people a more well-rounded list. But I guess uh, if you want to be in control of your own podcast, that's all right.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I try to do. Um, who do you have? It uh, you're on ten. Who's your
4: last one? I have. Freewheelin' by Bob Dylan ooh which i don't know there's not much to say that's um, it that's it that's my pick next I like that no, I'm just kidding nothing uh just all timer six, uh, nineteen sixty three um you yeah, have blown in the wind uh probably my favorite of all time girl from north country. Uh, masters of War, um, Don't Think Twice, It's All Right, mm. uh, Honey, Just Allow Me One More Chance, I Shall Be Free. Uh, I mean, I think people already understand Bob Dylan's place in-, in Yeah, importance. The hist- yeah, just not even just musically. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do a Bob Dylan podcast later.
0: We definitely could. We can make that one longer, too, because there's a lot to certainly say. We could do a whole freaking Bob Dylan contest on the Newport Folk Festival or whatever when he went electric. And that would be very fun. That would be electric. <laughs> Sorry. Ugh. Sorry. Um, we must be getting to the end. I have ten. All right, here's my last yeah, pick. Go ten. I'm going to take an album and this is a little controversial. I feel like everyone's favorite album by this band is not what I'm about to say, but I can only be myself. So, number 10, 1979, The Wall by Pink Floyd. I freaking love this double album. It's unbelievable. You start out with In the Flesh, Thin Ice, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 1, The Happiest Days of Our Lives. Literally, I think the best transition in the maybe in all of music ever is the happiest days of our lives into another brick in the wall part two. It's just unbelievable how that goes. You got songs like mother Mm. goodbye, blue sky. My personal favorite off the album is actually Rum like hell. Um, and you also have songs like obviously, Hey, you, uh, comfortably numb, which is just a legendary song. Um, is there anybody out there? Nobody home, Vera, bring the boys back home. The show must go on it's a it's an unbelievable. it's like that album I feel like birthed Tame Paula, if that makes sense but obviously Dark Side like I don't know Dark Side is unbelievably great and equally as important I kind of just like The Wall because I feel like it's like almost like an 80s take on Dark Side if that makes sense mm-hmm. and I just am a sucker for double albums as I've said so I'm gonna take The Wall at number 10
4: yeah I was gonna say y- your use of the double album is really uh, admirable
0: I love. Give me more music. I I gotta say, <laughs> honorable mention to Physical Graffiti. Very tough for me to leave that off. Do you, um, you got any honorable mentions for us, Mitch? Before we wrap it up.
4: Definitely. But uh, the Wall. Also, as a, as a child, my uh, hippie aunt would always take us to go to the fairgrounds and watch uh, Laser Floyd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was always the Wall. They did a whole Wall show, and it lit. freaking ruled. Um, on, oh, dude, I have. 23 honorable mentions
0: go through five and then give your completed <laughs> list of one through ten
4: okay uh one i don't know if this counts i i want to say it counts but uh the best of earth wind and fire volume one <laughs> so uh i mean
0: i, I can't I can't argue with that that's good it's kind of like the steve miller has a great greatest <laughs> hits album too hmm
4: um, and then I have The Strokes, Is This It? Uh, Mad Villain, Mad Villainy. Um, I uh, have The Girls Album, and five, I have No Love, Deep Web by The Death Grips.
0: Very nice. You want to uh, give us your death, w- death Grips, not The Death Grips? One through ten list now.
4: So that's leading off. We have Led Zeppelin, four, uh, that in second, Sticky Fingers, three, Are You Experienced, Abroxas, Down in Heaven, Cosmos Factory, Days Have Gone By, Volume Six, Towns Van Zant, uh, The Dock of the Bay, Freewheeling, The Best of Earth, Wind, and Fire, Volume One, Is This It, Mad Villainy, Girls, and No Love, Deep Web.
3: All right,
0: I'll add some honorable mentions before I go through my 10. Um, Highway 61 Revisited by Bob Dylan. It was really tough for me to leave off there. Um, Damn the Torpedoes by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Suck It and Sea by the Arctic Monkeys. The College Dropout by Kanye West. And um, Second Helping by Leonard Skynyrd. I really like that yeah, I was, album.
4: I was surprised that you didn't put any uh, Thomas Petty on the, on the list. It was
0: tough. It, it came. I know it's tough. Damn the Torpedoes is like what everyone says is his best album, but part of me likes his first one the most but then sometimes i like hard promises the most so it's tough i he's an honorable mention he's on the honorable mention so we'll go with that um to recap my one through ten exile on main street london calling led zeppelin 2 let it bleed la woman the rise and fall of ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars van halen 1 highway to hell some girls the wall and then honorable mentions would be Highway 61 Revisited, Physical Graffiti, The College Dropout, Suck It and See, Damn the Torpedoes, and Second Helping. So, a lot of good tunes here, folks, for you to listen to. We'll put together a Spotify playlist that I'll post along with the pod um, because a lot. We created this is a massive playlist that we just created, and it's going to be certainly a fun one to shuffle through. Um, Mitch, before you go, before we wrap up, I just would like to. Let you know or get your opinion on it. I doubt you know this, but you know that Fernando Tatis is on the cover of MLB The Show? I did. Youngest player ever and first Padre ever to be on the cover. Go Dads. Go Dads. Um, We'll wrap it up with that. Mitch, always a pleasure. Um, We'll talk to you soon. We got to do Led Zeppelin. We got to do Led Zeppelin. We gotta do a lot of things. Yeah. We, we'll do. We'll tease this for the listeners. We're talking about doing some sort of music video thing where it'd be a podcast, but also on like YouTube or something, so we could show a little bit. We'll see. All right, Mitch. God bless, my friend.
4: Adios, senor. We'll, ta-
0: we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye. Toodles. <laughs>